Hello there, and welcome to The House That Happens, recorded live at Chewy's Barn Grill every Saturday in Etobicoke, the only place to be in suburban Etobicoke, voted four times the best dive bar in the GTA, but it's number one in all the world in our hearts. I'm Andrew Milani. Hi, my name's Cruz. And Cruz, uh, obviously, Cruz, uh, Cruz, <laughs> Chewy's still under construction here, but... Uh, we're moving along very we're moving well. Along. Yep. Yeah, like if you look around, I'm just going to tell the world we're probably, I don't want to give it a timeline... But it's going to be bigger, better. We won't be able to call it a dive bar anymore. No. Let's put it that way. Well, we'll give you some up, uh, some updates on that too. But, uh, I mean, let's just get this out of the way. Any comments you want to make about uh, your beloved uh, Detroit Lions okay, before we get to okay. the NFL? Okay, okay, okay. First of all, I'm not going to say anything until we get to the um, NFL portion of this show. However, I'm just going to say... I am a big MCDC guy. Was I Who's dis- MCDC again for our new listeners? Oh, right. Motor City Dan Campbell. Okay. So as long as our listeners... By kneecaps? Stop the kneecaps. He's just a great coach, okay? I love that about him, though. You should. Okay. You should. I'm just saying what I should say first is um, big shout out to all the people that showed up to cheer for me to cheer for the lions i can't i can't say thanks enough there was a bag load especially frank and all the crew that went in and johnny mav and all the crew that come out the drums and flats um i just had to remind everybody one thing though when we went outside at halftime and they said Cruz, how you feeling about being up 17 points and what did i say to everybody i'm cautiously optimistic you got a 17-point lead, bro. What do you think? <laughs> I said, this is the Detroit Lions. And unfortunately, we've now added a dubious, another dubious record to our long history of whatever it is. And that's being the first team to lose a 17-point lead at halftime in a championship game and lose. Ouch. Uh, but my buddy Dom showed his love on YouTube. I don't know if you saw the comment, uh, basically wishing you well after the loss. Yes, uh, yeah, thank you very much. There was a lot of people that came down. My sisters were great. Uh, Joe, we're coming back next week. That's a big shout-out to my brother because um, we, were, we were just the diehards. My son, who, who rocked Lions gear the whole time. To everybody, you know what I mean? Um, if you had told me before the game, I did, I, we weren't supposed to win. No. No. Okay, so even though it was probably, let's be honest, yeah, it was a tough loss. But we'll talk about that later, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll just start off talking about uh, one of the most interesting stories in sports that came out this past week, the Enhanced Games. It basically, the Olympics with steroids is going to start up next year. Okay, let's, uh, first of all, let's explain to people what the Enhanced Olympics really are. So it's a non-IOC, non World Doping Agency sanctioned tournament where basically there's it's like Olympic style events so like track and field, swimming, combat sports, all that. They're all individual just, sports. Yes, uh, just without drug testing. Okay, so let's let's just take a look at this one more time, people, so you can get a picture of what this is all about. First of all, it's basically run by like hedge fund guys. People have got big money, and they want to see crazy things happening in sports. As a matter of fact, this kind of reminds me when I read in the Mike Tyson book how Russian oligarchs just brought him out on a boat and spent a bag load of money. Look, we got Mike Tyson (laughs) on the boat. I'm thinking that these guys are kind of going about the thing where they're going to let the athletes lose their minds, and they get entertained doing it. 
Regardless, because it's called the Enhanced Olympics. Enhanced Games. Enhanced Games. However, if you go through the whole thing, go on your site, just plug in Google Enhanced Games, you do not hear one word. You hear better living through science. That's all you hear. There's not a word about any buddy juicing or what they're going to do. And it's like a weird kind of juxtaposition because why is it called the Enhanced Games? Oh, sure, because they are using uh, performance-enhanced enhancing substances, right? They're not saying that they are. <laughs> but you can. Okay, so here's the interesting thing that got my attention about the... Um, um, I think it's driven by money, first and foremost. But one of the things that they brought up is they're going to use already existing infrastructure. Of number, course. Uh, number one. And they're going to give money to... Um, for your performance, for example, if you break a world record, I think you're going to get a million dollars off the hop. Yeah. I think the angle that they're trying to come in on, which I thought find quite interesting, is they keep talking about the taxpayer in this sense, the taxpayer and the athletes. People don't realize in the quadrennial period between Olympics, the IOC generates about $7.6 billion. $7.6, bro, that's not freaking jump change. However... The amount of money that trickles down to the athletes is something insane, like less than 5%. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So what they're doing is they're basically saying, if you come out and perform at a high level, we're going to give you an incentive, which is money. Money, yeah. You know what I mean? So their big thing is this. They're not going to have any taxpayers' money involved. They're going to rent existing infrastructure venues so it's not going to cost and they're going to foot the bill for that so they're going to like for example if they want to use scotia bank they're going to rent scotia bank yeah and they're going to put with it, all private money with all private money i just think it's like um it's going around the world money's changing sports everywhere okay it's like look what happening with live i think these people with a lot of money want to just do things by their rules and push and push the other people aside you know what I mean? Do yeah. it their way so they can be entertained, which is what you do. It's like hiring a band for your, you know, like if you had the money, you'd hire Pearl Jam for your show or whatever right, right. the case may be, yeah. something like that. The thing that I find interesting is the fact that they're paying these athletes a ridiculous amount of money for their performances. And they're talking about the money that they do generate will be mostly poured back into the athletes that do perform mm-hmm. as opposed to the Olympics. Like countries, like if you get a gold medal, isn't America give you a hundred grand? I'm sure. Yeah, and yeah. same with Canada. If you get a gold money, you get a certain stipend, but you'll get no But until then it's a freaking grind. Oh yeah, that's yeah. what they're saying. So like they're like how many athletes from the Olympics end up being in debt or need oh, yeah. a sponsor? You know what I mean? To get to the next level. Well, they're wiping all this out. They're coming with a blank, blank check and saying, what do you need? Here you go. If you do this, and especially if you break a world record of any kind. However, none of the records are going to be recognized by any international or national no. sporting no. agencies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that part was obvious. This is like not, this is, you know, not in their, not in their club. Of course, they're not going to recognize these world records, right? But I mean, it, it, the the reaction from like the rest of the sporting world has been kind of hilarious just because like they're all like shitting on this like obviously because like the doping thing but like i don't know i feel like even with like performance enhancing drugs there's a big um 
just like a miseducation about this. Like everyone just assumes like, oh, these guys' hearts are going to explode and whatever, right? Like, okay, if you're taking steroids like an idiot, sure. Yeah. But there, but there is a right and a wrong way to do it. Of we course, know that. Of course there is. Like steroids started with injuries. Because yep, it broke yep. the muscle down and made you heal better. It's just that people Well, I, I even have a theory that, like, with the law of sports now, like, the leagues and federations will turn a little bit more of a blind eye if you're using it for recovery. Yes. That's yes. my theory, at least, but... The thing is, you've got to flush it before you get back to the game. That's the theory. That's the thing. And the famous one was Kobe going to Switzerland to get his knee done, which is a procedure you couldn't do in North America. Yeah. Which is illegal because of whatever, and he stayed there, and he flushed, and away it went. I think the most interesting thing about it is... Uh, people, if you want to check it out, just hit the enhanced games. And if you look at the headlines, they just killed me. Uh, higher, better performance. Better living through science. Yeah. Protect the taxpayer. <laughs> Why build infrastructure? I like that part a lot. Oh, I, that's, yeah. that, that got my eyes. So what, what, you're, what you're saying, which makes, I think, quite interesting is everybody's calling it the doping Olympics. <laughs> But when you look on their site, people, and please do, it's well put together. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. And, and the way they describe it, and especially from a athlete, infrastructure, uh, money for winning, and the taxpayer. And where does all the money go from the $7.6 mm-hmm. it that the IOC seems to generate every four years, which blew my mind. Oh, we know where that goes. <laughs> right to the top. Right to the top. So, any event, the other question I want to ask about this, um, bro, where do you think they're going to broadcast this? I think it's going to start off like streaming, like free online, like on Twitch or like Facebook or something like that. Maybe networks, like some smaller networks in like different countries, are going to pick this up, kind of like how CHCH picks up uh, Live Tour here in Canada. But I don't think they're going to get a big deal with like you know TSN or Sportsnet. Well, there's at uh, least not right away. Well, as you know now. Um, there's all these things like Peacock, Apple. They're all trying to buy into um, sporting events of all kind mm-hmm. because sporting events are the last reality TV, really. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're looking at it that way. So I'm just. Don't forget how much Netflix just paid for WWE. End of story. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm saying I'm wondering what. There's, I, I think a platform, I don't know which one. There's so many out there that are trying to buy into sports. Yeah, I don't know if it, that's going to come right away, though. I think they might have to search for some legitimacy before that happens. How are they going to get le- legitimate unless they get exposure? This well, is that's too- but like okay. Well, if you stream it for free for people online, people are going to see it. So you just the- have to get like you. You need to spend some on advertising, sure. But uh, okay, so the um, this is the summer of 2025, right? Next summer, yes. Next summer, okay. So it's a 20. So they got an 18th month window. So I'm wondering what kind of advertising they're going to do because we're already talking about the 20... Yeah, the Olympics is this year. So, yeah, that's why we have a cavalcade of yeah. uh, advertising already. Like I know what I would do if I were the enhanced games people. I would just have, like, a social media freaking bombardment of advertising. That would be my number one that I'm at. Like, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that. Like, just you're buying up, like, all the ads on that site, basically. Especially, and it just, you just crank it up more and more in the lead-up to it. Well, these guys got the money. Absolutely. There's no doubt. Like, the people at the top have got money. And you know what else is? They got scientists on their board. They've got uh, professional nutritionists, yep. personal trainers. And, the, and it's just, it's so well done professionally. You know what I mean? Like, and what I really like about it is I've, it's hilarious because it's called the Enhanced Olympics. Enhanced Games. Enhanced Games. Um, however, there is not a word 
about what these athletes are going to be up to, except for the fact they're going to get a big paycheck. Yeah. Which should make it interesting. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So keep your eyes and ears open, and let's see if uh, someone's going to blow a lung doing a 100-meter dash. <laughs> let's hope not. I, I really think that there's a macabre uh, watching NASCAR so you get a, uh, a crash. I think there's an element of what are we going to see that we haven't seen before. Possibly. Because it, it, it's enhanced. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm just hoping like people just blow away the world records. That's what I'd be watching for. Oh, that's that's what they're gunning yeah. for. That's the number one thing. Like when a person jumps in the pool and makes Michael Phelps look like he can't swim. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, or the, the big one's going to be the strength. Oh, like the weightlifting and, and all, all that, that yeah. stuff there. That's going to be the big one because the door is going to be wide open for these guys to do whatever. Even like gymnastics want. and stuff. Like they're going to be like flying through doing their routines. Possibly, but I, I'm wondering how much does that. Well, yeah, because it increases your strength. strength. Yeah. Yeah, it should be interesting. So everybody, the house that happens is going to keep our eye open on this because it could be the most interesting. Because like you say, it's 18 months away. Yep. And the snowball hasn't started coming down the hill. Or at least it's still in the early stages. It's, it's, still, it's a little, little tiny guy. Yeah, they're, they're putting the snowball in their yeah. hands. Yeah. They're, they're packing in their hands. So we've got 18 months to see what's going to happen with this. We're going to keep our eye open because, like we say at the House of Happen, we like to deal with the highest level of competition. These guys can be high. Oh, absolutely. These guys can be high. I'm, I'm pretty excited for this. It could be interesting. Uh, speaking of highest level of competitions, we'll move on to Formula One. So obviously the big news this week Lewis Hamilton will be leaving Mercedes at the end of this championship season, heading to the red of Ferrari. Wow. Okay, can we put this into context? Okay. Um, this is the biggest uh, driver move since arguably Hamilton went to Mercedes exactly. like 10 years yeah, ago. Okay, yeah. so for people that are not big Formula One guys, and I've really fallen in love with this whole extravaganza, which is uh, Formula One racing, as a matter of fact, if you know in our, one of our previous shows, my athlete of the year was Max Verstappen due to the performance that he had. Um, was as good as a 60 home run season or close Gretzky's to a grand 92 season, goals, whatever. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's up there. But what has happened here is if you want to use an analogy, I don't know if this is a good one. This is like if you're not familiar with Formula One and you're just an avid sports fan that looks at other things, this is like you're waking up in the morning and there's a press conference and Austin Matthews says, I'm going to Montreal. <laughs> Basically. Did you, did you see, uh, did you see how Total Wolf kind of like backtracked? He was like, it caught me off guard. And then his next thing was like, oh, I saw this coming. It's like, oh, okay, I watched all the interviews. Like I took about an hour. I'm, thank you, by the way, for the race, that site. Yes. Check it out if you want to know about things and Formula One and then the streams go with it on YouTube I thought both sides were talking on both sides of their face now um How I, so um we didn't know about it we didn't know okay. about it oh it, it's not it's about personalities no it's about engineering you know like the mm. the like the high politic political end of F1 was brought to the forefront when they needed to and then it became personal on other levels. Because I did not know this, but when he was young, when he was in F3, he was already connected with Ferrari way back then. Like, okay. on his way up, he was also... the What's the head guy of Ferrari now? Um, the uh, uh, Fred Vasseur. Yeah, anyways, he he's known... Lewis Hamilton since he was like 17, mm -hmm. 18. So when they were those young kids that were uh, on their way up, 
because he was supposed to be a Ferrari driver, and like you said, where did he start with? Was it McLaren? McLaren. Yeah. Okay, so then... Because uh, he had ties to Mercedes, too, and back then, Mercedes was the exclusive engine supplier exactly. for McLaren, yeah. Okay, so the number one reason, if you're knowing F1, is that um, Lewis Hamilton said it's about the car. Which I believe. Okay. Because uh, uh, all last season, he was basically talking about, like, how he wasn't confident with the car. It was kind of like... Making it was a, he was kind of having this crisis where he's like, is it me? Is it the car? Like, yeah. did I lose my yeah. touch? Kind of thing. Because Mercedes, I mean, they had their moments last season, sure, but I mean, for a lot of this, the championship, they were a pretty underwhelming car, especially like after the dominant era that they just came from, right? Well, um, you know this better than me, but uh, for the 2025 season, there's going to be changes in the rules of the dynamics of the car. 2026. Oh, is it 2026? 2026. Rumor has it that Ferrari's a little bit ahead of everybody. I've heard that too. They're, they've been saying that their engineer, like their their design, is is a little bit ahead. Now, I don't know. That's still so far away, though. Yeah, well, only two years. That's two seasons. Okay. My take on it is like the car's not on the track. Is somebody like well, yeah. spying in there and watching? Well, it's them? all it's all hearsay for now, right? Exactly. But I mean, the fact that Lewis Hamilton has even kind of admitted he likes the engineering take that that's what appealed to him i want to want to know what the money factor is because he signed the two years so um this is his last but he had the out so he yeah he had no clause yeah so there has to be some kind of political personal or something went on because he just signed this two years what 14 months ago mm -hmm. like he just signed the extension like four less than two years ago he signed so how, how does this feel for carlos sands the other Ferrari driver who's now getting kicked to the curb. and uh, I think he'll land on his feet. Oh, I think he will, too. He's too good of a driver. Yeah. Okay. However... Just which team is it going to be? That's the question. Because the rumor is now... Like, nothing confirmed yet, but the rumor is that Alex Albon is going to take Prez's seat at Red Bull in 2025. That, yeah. Prez that, is out the door. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's There's also whispers that now Alonso is looking at this Mercedes seat. Yes. So yes, that's come up too. And he, he's so I, I would think that sign. If that's the case, I would think signs would end up at Aston Martin. Yeah, that's that's. He could still end up at Red Bull too because he did start with uh, like the Red Bull Academy. Like he started F3. off with the uh, Toro Rosso. No, no, but he even raced for Toro Rosso, oh, okay. now known as Visa Red oh, Bull. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. call him Red Bull too. I'm just going to refer Red, them as Red, Red Bull Two okay, or Red that, Bull Junior. Okay, but. let's call it Red Bull Two. Yeah. Officially here from now, that happens <laughs> from now on, it's Red Bull Two. I'll accept Red Bull Junior as well. I'm just saying it's going to be an interesting dichotomy because he's still got to go for a season in a Mercedes car. Well, that's the silliness of F1 like this. Like, it's one of those things that, like, my dad can't stand about F1. He's like, how can you do this? Like, you're already signed with another team, but, like, you're, you got to play out your contract with this team. That's it. That's me. Like, tell your dad. I agree with him. Like, yeah. I, that's the part I don't get. Like, because well, there's no collective bargaining agreement. That's why they can get away with this shit. Agreed. But now, what's, how is Mercedes going to feel every time that he goes out there and he goes, your car sucks? <laughs> like, like, how does that work, you know? I mean, you got to deal with it, I guess. Well, I'm looking at one step further. Do you think they're going to give him any little clips on new things they're doing in Mercedes? Like, oh, they're definitely going to keep things, you know, a little bit closer to the chest with him rather than George Russell. Oh, I agree. So that's what I'm saying. Uh, Mr. Milani, I'm with you. That was the number one thing that I thought of. Okay, you're on my team. And 
next year you're not, but I got to compete with you now. But in a few months, I want to kick you to the curb. Like that's just a weird dichotomy in the whole Formula One world to me. I just think you go. That's why they call it silly season, do they not? Oh, I guess. Because <laughs> this is mega silly. Oh, and the and we're what six weeks away from the first race? Yes. We're only six weeks away. So I'm wondering because this announcement came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I don't believe we, that for a minute. Well, it's a nowhere for us. But, like, we all knew Hamilton wanted to race for Ferrari. Every time, like, he was on podium and someone from Ferrari was on that podium, you'd see how he was looking at that car. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. And that's what I'm saying. I think he admitted it. It's a dream come true for him, which, oh, like, yeah. for any oh, yeah. driver, I think if you if you have aspirations of driving an F1, you want to drive for Ferrari F1. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's just funny how the, like, the reaction from the Tifosi, from, like, the Ferrari diehards is going to be now. With, oh, yeah. like, their enemy number one is now, like, going to be their new hope for their first championship since 2007, almost 20 years. Okay, yeah. That's what I find interesting about it. You know what I mean? And, and it's such a... Um, it's going to be interesting. Like, people don't understand, like, because you're watching hockey, football, baseball, and stuff. On an international scale, this is a huge story. Oh, yeah. Like, Everyone's I mean, talking about it. Yeah, it's like an absolutely massive story, which is which almost overshadowed the fact that I don't think Michael Andretti's ever going to get a car. No. So, y'all just get right into that? Yeah. So, uh, the word came out, F1 rejected Andretti's bid. Although they gave a little thing of like, oh, we could revisit it in 2028 once GM has their engine, which I think is just a bunch of bullshit. I, I don't know what he's done to... Mind you, there, I told you about the new news that came out, right? What's that? That there was uh, an email request sent to Andretti for an in-person oh, right. meeting, but it got sent to the spam folder of the email. Wah, 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 wah. Heads were rolling in the Andretti uh, web department, I imagine, after that. S- something had to... Uh, Kaka hit the fan... But, uh, you know, Michael Andretti, you still got a long life to live. Keep fighting. You might get your car. And it also overshadowed something that what I asked you about is that Malaysia is trying to get their race back. Yeah. Like, like, like those are like normally in the in this so-called Formula One silly season, the Andretti story and the Malaysia story would have got a little bit more traction. Yeah. However, Lewis Hamilton is just blowing <laughs> everything out of the well, water. Well, the Andretti story was big, but yeah. then, yeah. Um, the Malaysia one, though... That one, the more I think about it, the more I think it's unlikely because already F1 is, like, so close to the maximum amount of races that are allowed in their calendar. Exactly. Because they're at 22 now. The max is for 24, right? Yep. So already there's problems there. Everyone else wants a race already. Yeah, oh, there's a lineup for yeah. to get the race with the money alone. But we're going to have to wait and see. So It's a shame, too. Malaysia's a great track. Um, I'm going to check it out, or I'm going to learn more about that history. But anyway, anyways, uh, especially to you, Zachary Cruz... Um, we here in the house that happens are always talking about the highest level of competition. Maybe we took a few minutes here to talk about something that not everybody knows. However, if you do open the door to check out what's going on, Formula One is one of the most interesting things in sports in the whole world. Yeah, I mean, if you're not into F1, I would definitely recommend getting into it once the season starts. It should be a lot closer than it was last season. Agreed. So, uh, I mean, I still think Red Bull's going to dominate, but... Um, I, I like to phrase it this way, and I may insult some people, but I don't even look at NASCAR anymore because I... Did you look at NASCAR before, though? Well, sometimes you... What was that, Daytona 500? Yeah. Some guys, it was a cool track, so sometimes you put well, it... Well, that's like... The, that's one of the races I check out. For number one, it's the first on the calendar. And, exactly. Yeah. But that's ghetto compared to Formula One, and I'm good. <laughs> I said it. I said it. So NASCAR is ghetto. I think I'd still watch NASCAR than IndyCar, though, to be honest. What is IndyCar? Middle class? 
it's like the baby brother of F1. Well, they're trying hard anyways. <laughs> they started from basically the same, which is kind of funny, but just kind of The evolved. money thing and the engineering well, went to different levels. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, you don't exactly have Monaco money in the IndyCar. There you go. Um, we'll move this on. So one story that just warmed my heart this week was uh, on um, the New Heights podcast. Yeah, with the Kelsey you know, yeah. uh, So on that podcast, Jason Kelsey admitted almost reluctantly that he is trying to get the rights to the Backyard Sports Series, which that's a huge part of my childhood. I remember playing backyard hockey, backyard baseball on the computer. Okay, uh, so... so that, which is basically like, a, it's um, yeah. kind of like, it's a game for kids, obviously. It's kind of like a simplified version of like hockey, baseball, basketball, whatever, like the big five. And like you choose your team like schoolyard style. There's like a cast of characters that they made up. And then like later on, they got like the big league licenses. So there'd be like kid versions, of, you know, like Joe Sackick and Steve yeah, Eiserman yeah. and Matt Sundin and Cujo and all that. So you'd be able to like have them on your team as well. And like they all have like different stats and whatever. I think this is a wonderful thing. I mean, if they can bring this back for your, you have the opportunity to teach a new kid, like a generation of kids, you know, the rules for sports and just like, you know, oh, no, I continue to grow really these cool. games. I, I kind of skipped my generation because I'm, as everybody knows, I'm not a big video game guy, but I, I respect the fact, I respect the business aspect of it. But what really appealed to me about this and Jason Kelsey, I hope you're successful is the educational aspect mm -hmm. and the learning of the sports from the kids coming up. You know what I mean? It's just not a matter of pressing buttons. No. no. You got to pick a team. You got to know your players. You got to know some stats. So I'm all about like when kids are learning or on their way up because it's going to be on kids. You're going to start seeing pro athletes getting back into playing it too. Sure. Yeah, playing it with their kids and whatever. Oh, right? exactly. And what's the biggest pastime in the NBA and the NFL? They say. Video games. Oh, yeah. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, in the NHL, too. Oh, in the NHL, yep. too, yeah. Like, everyone goes on the road, they bring their console. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, when uh, there was at the 24-7, there's the video of Ovechkin just sticking, like, a PS3 in a suitcase. That's yeah. it. It was just his PlayStation. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Which is kind of cool, you know what I mean? Because it's sports on sports on sports. Yep. And uh, I I'm all about the educational part of the game. You know what I mean? Mm. Like kids are going to learn, and maybe they're going to learn about some of the people that were playing in the past as opposed to some of the players that are playing today. That would be cool if they added in some of the old school players too. Yeah, I, I would like yeah, that yeah. a lot. I think J Jason Kelsey's an old school guy. I'm guessing because I don't know enough about it, but I'm going to take a look if he, if he does get involved in this. I think that'll be an aspect mm -hmm. of the game that he'll bring it because we're always talking every day. What, what do you hear in every sports show every day? Who's the GOAT? Yeah. Who's this? Who did better? Who did what? <laughs> so... Um, good luck to Jason Kelsey. Yeah, uh, the those games, huge part of my childhood, humongous yeah. entertainment. Uh, also, shout out to the GOAT in those video games, Pablo Sanchez. Oh, He really? was the, the best kid in all those games. He was like, all, all of his stats were basically almost maxed out. So okay, he was like your number one pick. Shout out to Pablo. Okay, there's, <laughs> only, there's only one. The GOAT. There's only one drawback I've ever seen about these games. Okay, one. Okay. Um, I we I live in Etobicoke here, which is supposed to be the heart of one of the hearts of Leaf Nations. According to Ken Dryden. And then if you get somebody from what's his name from Scarborough, he'll say it started over there. Yeah. But yeah, whatever the case may be. What I'm saying is the only drawback I got from this is that you see less kids on the street playing road hockey. You see less kids yeah. in the park shooting basketball. Well, it's also because street hockey is technically illegal. 
That, that drives me nuts. Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, man, I... I, I mean, whatever. I as a kid, we played place. it too, but, I mean, it was still like... It was kind of like one of those things, like, oh, be careful if you're going to play that outside. And, and meanwhile, my generation, we'd rush home after school, have mom put on the oven or the burner on the stove so you could take your plastic blade and make a better curve <laughs> on it. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. And bingo, you were out there. And I absolutely hate the cold. And I can't, and I'm thinking about it. Uh, my father, bless his soul, used to say, when you were a kid, you were 10 below and you stayed out of that street and played hockey mm-hmm. for four hours. Now you won't even step outside when the temperature goes below certain numbers. Yeah. But that's just a generational thing. Um, Jason Kelsey, we're, we're, we're supporting, but at the same time, I'd advocate for kids, get outside, get some N- fresh NFL air. play 60. There you go. <laughs> 60 minutes a day. That's what we were hoping for. Um, so let's move on to our beloved Bluebirds in the city. The Toronto Blue Jays making a signing. Justin Turner signed a one-year $13 million deal, to which my dad replied, oh, great, another old guy. Okay, I'm an old guy too. So let, let's just cut to the chase on this. I think it's a 50-50 proposition because if you look at the history of the Toronto Blue Jays, they've had a knack for hiring an old guy for clubhouse presences. Back to Al Oliver, Dave Winfield, Paul Molitor, we can go along the way. It's a question of do they still bring the performance to the table? Well, that's the thing because I looked at Justin Turner's stats and his season stats last season were a little lower than I thought they were. 39 years old. His OPS, I think it was like 800 even. We're like, okay, if you can hang on to that, fine. But if if, if we continue to see diminishing returns, you're like, especially with the guy that we signed to be our DH every day. Okay, so I'll put it this way. If he gives me 25 home runs and 90 RBIs, I'll take it. (sighs) That's not guaranteed, though. No, but that's... Especially since we... Early returns on the new Dome... Aren't that great for offensive performance, is it not? Okay, they've changed it. I agree. But the fact is, like I say, first of all, we stole him from Boston. I like that part. Okay, so we got him from Boston. But let's take a second here. Ross Aikens, are you listening to the show today? I want to tell you something, okay? Listen to me very, very closely. I will go to the Sparky Anderson school of, if you can't pitch and play defense then uh, you're not going to win ball games. But the last time I checked, you can have all the defense and pitching in the world, but you got to score a couple of runs. And I'm very curious about the run production for the Toronto Blue Jays in 2024. Like, I'm very, like, where it's going to come from now. I do believe if you look what's going on in the National League, um, I mean, the American League East, there's an interesting trend going on in this way. Everybody knows Jays probably could, on, t- on paper, have the strongest rotation in the National League East. So that, American League I East. I mean, American League East, which is... And Manoa's not getting traded, apparently. Oh, yeah, we're going to get to that in a second. But in any event, you look around to the other teams, what they do. Corbin Burns, or whatever his name is, just got signed by Orioles, and they yeah, are they the defending champions. So yeah. they know that they got to bolster their staff. Boston went out and got who I forget which starter they got, but they're bringing up two kids that they say are ready to go that they've groomed in the minors. The Yankees have grabbed all the pitching that they could put their hands on. So I, I'm of the plus bo- Juan Soto. Plus Juan Soto. So that's a stick that they're going to get. But my point is maybe we should give Ross Akins. I'm giving you a one percent 
benefit of a doubt about you preaching because historically we do like pitching and defense. Yes. We don't even have a regular season starting lineup yet. It's all speculative. Like, who's going to play third base? Yeah, the infield's a huge mess. Like, Davis Schneider is going to be in there, but is it going to be third base? Is it going to be second base? No one seems to know. No one seems to have a good answer. I would speculate he'd probably fit in more at third. But even then, I like... I heard Justin Turner may play 30 to 40 games defense this year. I don't know if that's It's a little much for me. Me too, because the last time I seen him play defense, he's not 25 years old anymore. My point being is that we're like, what now, 16 days till catchers and pitchers? um, Oh, she's coming. Very, very quickly. So I don't know how you're going to sell this, but I'm going to say this. I think the Chapman boat has sailed. Yeah. Okay. Cody Bellinger is still sitting out there. And every day I put on MLB, like all those guys we just said a month ago, we rattled off a whack of guys that were still being available. They're gone. You go, you watch MLB Network. That breaking news. Alcaraz going here. Yeah. So-and-so going here. They're all coming off the market. Do people think like Bellinger, like the juice isn't worth the squeeze there? I'm not sure. I think he's asking for too much money. That's or my maybe point. The, yeah, the, yeah, maybe like something along the way. I don't know, but he's going to go into a camp. My, my biggest thing is this. Don't sell me defense and pitching and the revitalized dome bullshit. I don't want to hear that. I want to say what's the product on the field. Right. You know what I mean? And I think one of the biggest problems is going to be this. If Vladimir Guerrero goes to arbitration with the Toronto Maple Leafs, I'm going to say Blue Jays. Blue Jays. I'm going to say it here right now. My prediction is this is his first step on his way out of town. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, funny that that's comes up while he got named the cover athlete of MLB exactly, The Show 24. Exactly. But you know what it is? Like, um, Vladdy could come out and hit 40, 120, hit 300. Is he, though? That's the question. Well, Last couple seasons have been very subpar, especially for the standard he set the season before when he was finished second place in the AL MVP. Yeah, okay. So, but, I mean, last year, I would say 95% of the any player in the league National American League had Vladdy's numbers, they'd be saying that's a good season. It's just that his expectations are exceedingly high. Yeah. Especially but he wasn't even the best hitter on his team. No, we know that. And we know that Bo Bichette has already made his statement for the year. We're not kids anymore. No. We're gonna we gotta get up, stand up, and show that this is what it's gonna be. Uh, no, here's another thing that happens. Vladdy just said he was gonna hit the cover off the ball basically. It's like okay, we'll see. Well, maybe you'll do what everybody else does. Because I'm not confident. I know, because like with Vlad, the last couple seasons, it looks like he's like his pitch selection has been terrible. Like oh, that's the worst. That's, that's the worst. I agree. And the other thing is, he lost his buddies, and the clubhouse wasn't the same. And I think that he's just- got less protection in the lineup, definitely. Because we saw that not last season, but the season before, there was a definite uh, huge contrast between when uh, Hernandez and you know some of the other guys were in the lineup compared to when it was just basically like him and Bo. Well, the load. Uh, word around the campfire is that Justin Turner will be hitting behind Vladdy. And but he, but hit, Turner's got to be hitting good as well. Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, right? he, they're saying his reputation is good enough that he should be able to protect uh, Vladdy in the lineup. But You'd we're going to have to wait and see. What I'm saying is we're talking about pitching. We're talking about the front end of our pitching. But, I mean, I'm looking around, too. Tampa Bay shored up their bullpen. Um, Epstein is back with the... Red Sox, by the yep. way, as a minority Theo owner Epstein. And, and a consultant. I would like him as for a consultant of my ball team, by the way. But people sure. are beefing up the bullpen. And are we coming back with the same bullpen we had last year? 
It looks like it. Well, that, more or less. Then that means those guys are going to have to hold the fort, and a couple of guys that are down in the minors. What are we going to do with Tedeman? Is that his name? Is he going to be a Tedeman? Tedeman. You know my theory on him. I think it depends on his spring training, but. My theory is this: put him in the bullpen for one year. The Jays used to be notorious for doing that in their history back in the day, like with a Jimmy Key or um, <coughs> Juan Guzman or yeah. those guys. They pitched a year out of the bullpen before they became a starter. Even recently, Aaron Sanchez basically Aaron did Sanchez, that. Aaron yeah. Sanchez, yeah. I don't think that that's a bad idea because it would shore up the bullpen. Yeah. And number two is. I'm hoping for the greatest reclamation project of the year and perhaps the biggest candidate for comeback of the year when our boy Alex Manoa hits the Alex Manoa. Again. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Is he going to be doing it? They say he's jacked. Uh, you know what? It's, again, like, I'm, I'm going to reserve my opinion here until I see him a little bit in spring training. Agree. If he's got his stuff back, then, hey, like, sky's the limit for the kid. I just heard that he's in great shape. And part Good of start. It, Good start. Okay, because we knew part of the reason last year was, look at the shape that he was in when he came in. Come on. Yeah. And the interesting thing is that, obviously, these guys are all spying around what's going on in everybody's camp because teams, especially like St. Louis, were banging on the door hard. People are asking, do you want to get rid of Manoa? And I'll give Aikman this benefit doubt. He said that Manoa is not available. Yeah. Okay, so you know what I mean? However, that could be used as a smokescreen when he's traded away this week. <laughs> it would have to be because we've heard this kind of thing in sports before it's like oh no we're not training this guy a week later gone 100 percent. Right? but if he is gone it better be for a good young left-handed power bat. oh for sure it better for sure. be you know but he's and even if it's a prospect like a, like the way we gave up marino last year the idiots that the management were but i mean if we picked up a prospect that we don't know about because everybody in arizona didn't know well the hierarchy did but the average yeah. fan didn't know who marino was no, you wouldn't you know think what I, mean? I mean, he was up there in, like, the prospect rankings. but Yeah, but, I mean, until they see him on the field, and, like, he's on his way to superstardom as far as I'm I concerned. I agree. I agree. In any event, we were about a month away, I'd say six weeks away from our preseason prognostications about the baseball. So stay tuned. Yeah, around we'll two months away. Uh, well, uh, six yeah, weeks. Six, seven weeks away. Yeah. Um, moving on, uh to a story we've been following closely here at the House That Happens. Um, Carter Hart, Dylan Dubé, Michael McLeod, Cal Foote, Alex Formington, all charged with sexual assaults in relation to the 2018 World Junior incident in London. I think this is going to be one of the messiest, and um, this is going to be a scar on Canadian hockey after Absolutely. all this said and done. Now, there's something going on here because, um, and, and you have alluded to it on a number of occasions in that nobody's really saying everything. They're giving the stock lawyer lines. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, and the only thing we know, and we, I, it doesn't matter, but one of the guys that brought the girl back to the room is getting the extra charge, which is basically he enabled the situation to go on. But speaking of enabling, the, when this is all is said and done, here's the part that, that really, really bothers me. People knew about this. People knew what was going on, and all of those people are no longer involved with Hockey Canada. 
Uh, the sponsors have all returned. Like I said, they disappeared. But Nike, now, Tim Hortons, the SO. Whole, they yeah. all came back very quietly. And it, it is because that's how, because it's, it's, it's uh, weaved into the tapestry of our country. Yeah. Okay. Those partnerships get, are huge. Okay, exactly. So they're all back and they're all looking to see what's going on. I'm afraid that these guys, if, when it gets to court, these guys, are, they're going to throw the book at these guys. Oh, 100%. If they're found guilty, like... They're going to be made examples of. Okay, but let's let's also say at the house that happens here, which we respect, we will go by the law of the land. And if these guys have done half of what's been alleged, I'll personally throw the book at them because we're talking about uh, humanity here. Yeah. Morals. But the problem uh, is the guys at the top, the other enablers, they're going to get off scot-free. Exactly. And they knew about this. They knew about the 2003 incident, which is still, that inv- investigation is still ongoing by the Halifax police. Let's not forget that. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying is that what it does is it appeases John Q. Public. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, like I said, if something illegal has been done here, let do... Oh, it, justice has got to do its thing, if that's the case. Yeah, exactly. But I'm, I'm predicting in the end, and it's interesting that they'll get the book thrown out of it, but it's interesting these guys are not going to be playing, and this case is not going to be up for until 2026. And um, Well, it's, it's highly unlikely that's going to happen before 2026. Well, that's how our court system that's, in Canada, that's, because we're so backlogged. Well, that's not just Canada. That's, that's everywhere. World. Okay, but you know what I'm saying? So... Um, these guys are still under contract. Um, I haven't heard a lot about the NHLPA, what they've had to say, but basically these guys are going to have leave of absence with pay. Yes. I think the thing is if one of these guys come out the door and they're innocent, they're losing a year and a half to their career because mm-hmm. they're young. These guys are still only, what, 25 and under. Around well, they'd that. be able to countersue for that, wouldn't they? I'm not sure how that's going to work, but they're all getting paid now. And remember, one of the guys was just signed in the summer. And everybody knew this was coming down the pipe. Well, and it was like, was it uh, Dubé, McLeod, Calfoot? I think their contracts, they all expired at the end of this season. That's, not, that's no coincidence. Okay, that's what I'm saying. At the end of this season? Yes. The 2024 season? Okay, so that means they're going to be shit out of luck once yeah. the season's over because it's not going to matter if they're going to be playing because they're not going to have contracts. Yeah, they don't have contracts. The only one is Carter Hart, right? I think he's the only, yeah, he was the only one signed beyond this season. Let me quickly confirm that, but. Anyways, we do hope that justice is served because this is a huge black eye for the, um, the For great, Hockey Canada. Yes, and a, and a sport that's probably beloved by more Canadians than any other sport you can talk about. Oh, no, his contract expires at the end of the season, too. Look at that. So the powers that be obviously knew something was going on. How could they not? There you that's, go. That's no coincidence, especially with the Carter Hart. A few, like, he was the franchise goalie there pretty much. They had done all but basically hand him the keys to the car. And remember, at the beginning of the season, we were hyping him up. Is he going to be the next goaltender that rises up, so to speak? But I think that's enough talk about that because we're trying to get to some positive things about the hockey world. Um, we just hope due process is done. Yeah. And all you enablers, if you listen to this show, eat my shorts. Yeah, because you bastards are gonna slide. You know we're never gonna hear about these guys. No. Never. No. That's slide into the shadows. Exactly, and that just blows my mind. But that's just the way the world works. You know what I mean? Unfortunate. Uh, we'll move it on to a more positive note. Uh, NHL made the NHL made the surprise announcement that not only are they going to the 2026 Olympics, but they're going to the 2030 Olympics as well. 
That's amazing. I'm so happy. You know what I mean? This was a player-driven thing, by the oh, way. Oh, of course. Was, of course. It was a player-driven thing. And, uh, like, if you hear Matthews, McDavid, McKinnon, Aho, or whatever his name Aho. is. Aho. These guys, you see, they're, they're, their eyes light up. Their faces, mm -hmm. you go. And if you notice yesterday, uh, well, we'll get to the All-Star game in a minute, how all the American players seem to be, like, the Hughes guys were talking to Matthews. We're talking to um, Hellebuck. He's yep, American yep. too, right? I, I noticed. I noticed that birds of a feather were flocking <laughs> together yesterday. It's well, I mean, I they, those guys all know each other for the from the American development program, anyways, though, right? Exactly. So, yeah. so they all clung together really, really quick. And um, but I'm happy for it because we get the highest level of hockey that we're going to see is all going to be done on NHL size rinks. They're not gonna. They're not. No, they don't want to go to that no more. I think we're the, really. It's gonna be on a NHL side. It's gonna be on oh, wow. NHL side. That's a huge. So I mean, that's got to mean that Double IHF is going in that direction as well. Well, we don't want to have the Canada Finnish game ever again in the history of hockey. <laughs> Never again. I don't want to see that hockey. Like I always thought, oh, bigger ice, higher skills. That's like, yeah, well, in the CFL, it's a bigger field. Is it higher skill than the NFL? <laughs> well, that, that's a different issue entirely. Okay, but, but I'm just still saying, what would you, what hockey, personally, what would you prefer to see hockey on? Oh, obviously NHL size ice. Yes, yes. But I'm, I've made this point before on the show, like double IHF, everyone thought the NHL was going to have to make the move eventually to bigger ice. It's gone the opposite. Double IHF has gone to smaller ice. So exactly. This is a pretty interesting development. So that makes me think maybe double IHF, it's going to go to NHL size sooner rather than later, which is very cool. It's Yeah, it's a better game. It's a better game when you think about it. Like I, when I was younger and I first used to see those big ice surfaces, I thought, this is cool. They got more room yeah. to move maneuver. They got more room to this. No, man, you got more room to hide the fact that you're not very good. <laughs> oh, my good. God. In the, uh, what I hate in, is in the video games when you do international because it puts you on the huge international ice. It's like, oh, there should be an option just to have it on an NHL size ice. But that, that will be coming. Yeah. You know what I mean? What do you think about the, uh, in the interim, they're going to have the... Uh, the Four Nations Cup? Yeah. I think it's cool, but I mean, like, it's, you're leaving out a lot of the top talent in the world. So, I mean, how prestigious is this really going to be? Well, I just think it pacifies American and uh, Canadian Canadian viewers. U.S., yeah. That's what it is. It's a thing for, like, an ESPN will pump it because they, they're going all that stuff there. But um, due to circumstances in the world. So that's going to take the place of All-Star next year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a 12-day thing. And you know what it is? There's a little bit of a copycat of uh, the NBA's in-season tournament who copycatted the European Well, I, I think model. it's more the, them trying to like do the World Cup of Hockey again. I like the World Cup of Hockey, personally. Well, the last time they did was a little goofy, when they had it here in Toronto. Yeah, it got out of hand. <laughs> I, I went mean, to one of those games. It was uh, Sweden, Finland. Amazing crowd. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. And, and uh, it, you know what? When you're playing for your country, everything changes. Sure. You know, the crowd that you're with. So uh, I'm, 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 I'm going to be reserved on the, um, on the four, uh, four team cup thing. I just gives it a chance for McDavid to go against Matthews is basically what yeah. we're talking about. We're going to get those. Because everyone's going to be out. Like Sweden's going to get in there. Yeah. And Finland's going to have their time of day. But like you said, there's a huge percentage of international players that are not even going to get a touch on this. Oh, absolutely. And the question is, is going to be Russia going to be allowed in the Olympics? I doubt it. I doubt as it. As long as the war in Ukraine is still going on, no I don't chance. see it happening either. And that, that's just an end, endless quagmire, which we don't really want to talk about. No, anyway. it's, a, it's a bit of a bummer since a lot of the best players in the world are being held out. Like, why, why not just have them as, like, the Olympics athletes from Russia, like, do that shit again? 
enhanced hockey. Oh enhanced hockey. We'll just look. Oh, the, the Russians other way. are the masters at enhanced athletes, right? Well, there you go. So why don't we just look the other way for ten minutes? But from a moral point of view, you really can't do that. So it's <laughs> going to be interesting. I'm just very glad so, the Olympics are coming back, and we'll see how this four-team tournament thing goes. Are the states going to be the favorite? Only because the goaltending goal issues already come up. But but because but. I would say Canada has a slight edge with forwards. Defense, I would say we're pretty even. But goaltending, like, it's not even a contest. Okay, so what you got to do, if you got a great team in front of your goaltender, all he has to do is make those saves, right? You don't have to have the best goalie in the world if he's competent, if your team is the best. Yeah, but who, who are our goalies going to be, though? Me? <sighs> okay. I well, pre- we got, uh, what, Jordan Bennington? There's the two uh, Vegas goalies. I'm uh, predicting right now. Who else? Mackenzie Blackwood? Like, no, I'm, I'm having a, you're going to hear it at first now, and I hate to think that you're going to say I'm biased about this, but I think Montabam is going to go to the camp. He will be there. He's solid. He is solid. Who else? They're talking Stuart Skinner. That makes me nervous. Okay, so they, I think he's, those guys are definitely going to get invites to camp. Aiden yeah. Hill. Aiden Hill, um, Logan Thompson. Logan Thompson. They're yeah, all both Vegas get... goalies. But, I mean, once you're there, like I said, it should be the team in front of you. If you're a solid NHL goalie. Yeah, but every, if everyone in... knows the book on you as a goalie, like, hey, shoot high glove side on him, like, that's going to lead to problems right away. No, my defenseman's going to check that guy so he's not going to be able to shoot on that but side. But someone's going to find space eventually. Well, we're These Americans to... are skilled. No kidding. It'll be very interesting because it's going to be the American-Canadian Thing in the end, that's what's yeah. going to be. My ahead. my prediction is, I think the Canada wins this Four Nations Cup, but I think the states gets their revenge at the Olympics. Shut up! Don't say that. You know what I mean? I'm going to revoke your Canadian citizenship. I'm going to send you back to Italy. What did you just say? That was blasphemy. It's blas. It's the that's truth. Blasphemy. Our no, goaltending no. isn't that good. It worries me. Um, we, we don't, don't have Carey Price or Luongo back there anymore. Okay, okay, but we don't know. We're we're still what a year away. Two years away. Mm. We could have somebody out there. We don't even know it's going to be a not that quick. Event. Not that quickly, no. Who, who says no? I, I say no. Oh, man. This guy here who, who loves hockey and you're already kicking our team to the curb? <laughs> People. I'm pessimistic about it. I'm optimistic about it. I want, okay, anybody listening to this show, please talk to Mr. Milani and say give his head a shake. Okay? Let's, let's think about this from a purely... I want Canada to win, and that's all. I want Canada to win, too, but wanting something but and thinking something's going to happen are two very different things. Oh, I'm not denying I want that. the Leafs to win the Cup. You think that's going to happen this year? Leprechauns ride unicorns. Okay. You're there you go. First, so. There but, you go. But this is a totally different thing. We're talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Come on. Come on. Okay. Well, I'm just Move saying. Oh, well, I'm just saying. <laughs> I think that the Team Canada in my time on this earth, has performed a lot better than the Toronto Maple Leafs. How's that? Okay, but this is a whole different generation of Americans that we got to deal with. Oh, I agree. I agree. They have never been stronger, especially in that. And the development. I I love the development camp. Like that thing. I think we should have more of that here and and break down that old school hierarchies that we have or those old school cliques or whatever the case may be. But we're going to continue in hockey, and I think the next thing that we should bring up before we discuss the All-Star game is we've got a few things that keep going on yeah. in hockey that just drive me crazy. And uh, we're going to talk about the Leafs in a second, what, the second aspect of this, but I'm going to ask you this question because it's going around is, and a penalty is a penalty is a penalty, okay? If you bust a guy's stick, which we'll get to in a minute, 
If you hit a guy in the head with the stick, you go to the penalty box. You know, if you hit a guy like Gallagher did, and I'm not saying Gallagher's dirty, you go for five mm-hmm. games. What is goalie interference? No one knows. Oh, is it like pass interference in the NFL? <laughs> subjective? What? Subjective oh to my the God. Bu- Subjective to what the guys in Vegas maybe have put. I hate to say that. Let's not go there. That's not right. However, I'm trying to figure out what goalie interference is because I've seen three or four of them in the last week. There was one in the Wild game. Um, uh, the Wild and who? I think was it the Wild or it could have been Dallas. Where the defenseman pulled the guy's skate out, he fell into the goalie, and then the goal was disallowed. First of all, the guy should have got a penalty mm-hmm. for tripping Buddy into the net. But, of course, let's get to the most egregious one that we have seen, and that's the Nylander. Yeah, ride. from last Saturday, Toronto at Winnipeg. Nylander was pushed into Hellebuck by one of the Winnipeg. Twice. Was, was, it, was it Dylan, I yeah. believe it was? Twice. Yeah, twice. Nylander gets out of the blue paint. Bertuzzi scores, but it's disallowed because of accidental goalie interference, which was that's a new one if I've ever heard it. That's you can add that to your NHL ref uh, drinking game. Okay, so here's what we have here. So what we're going to do is we don't know what it is, but we're going to bring it up every time we see one. We're going to say, can we define what it is? Because what happens if this is like in the seventh game? Of the Stanley Cup Finals, oh. you know what I mean? Like, what that do we is. have then? Because if it's defined and you got to call it, then what are you going to do? And and so then and now it's subjective. Yeah, it's, I know. I thought it was if the defenseman pushes you in, that's on the defenseman. And then Nylander, he tried to get out of the blue paint. He did get out of the blue paint. Yes, he did. He got pushed back. I in. don't know. I don't know what else he could have done to prevent that. So that's the the number the subjective is what referee is it that's on the ice that day that's calling it because you know there is a conspiracy theory and I heard somebody talking about this week is so true is like does, is there the thing called the Toronto calls because um, everybody thinks that oh they want Toronto to get there and you can't believe that because you guys haven't won a Stanley Cup since no, 1967 no, no. so I think you should call it however on the other extreme when you had Nylander which is just the most ghost call I've seen. One in the one in the Dallas or Wild game, I'll have to look it up. But the second thing is Tavares getting away with the break, breaking stick mm-hmm. penalty. That was ruthlessly wrong. Like Tavares bangs his stick in the ice and said, see ref, and they call the penalty. Oh. Uh, if the stick was broken by the rule of the law, that well, should be a penalty. Then why didn't they call it 90 seconds before? That's the question. That's the most delayed penalty I've yeah. ever seen in my life. And I'm giving Tavares, uh, what do you call that, a Golden Globe or an Oscar? Come on. <laughs> you know, which makes people think what went on here. So um, all you conspiracy theorists. The makeup call, perhaps? No, because it came first. Well, I'm saying that's maybe where the goalie oh, yeah, interference came, came in then. Did, that, did the break and stick came? I think the broken stick came before, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, but I'm saying the goalie interference, them reversing the okay, call there. Yeah, is yeah. Like the, oh, what, the, what do we hate at the house that happens the most? The makeup call. The makeup call. call. Oh, it's just sometimes, you know what I mean? However, you have to admit this, and it's in every sport. Big stars get more calls than... Ryan oh, Reeves, sure. yeah. you know what I mean. So they're into huge our, goal for Ryan Reeves, by the way. Let's oh, let's okay. get back to that. I just wanted to throw that in there because I know it would make you happy. <laughs> but um, there is a superstar call in every sport. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, McDavid gets it a lot. Okay, well, it's the Michael Jordan theory, isn't it? But I mean, like, the part of the reason McDavid, I think, draws him, he's so goddamn fast. Sure, you but he gets I mean? away with stuff too. Oh, sorry, does and Matthews gets away with a few oh, things absolutely. too, and. Um, um, Pasternak seems to get his favorable 
calls when the calls seem to suit him. So that's just part of the game. And I understand that because one of the things about hockey, and I thought about it last night, is um, um, what the All-Star game is, can we just find a better way to market our players? Mm -hmm. Or the players themselves get up and do something? Show some personality? You know, like, um, I really like the fact that the game last night, Toronto handled this All-Star game in an amazing way. I really think, from a traditional point of view, but if you're going to market the game, guys, show some personality. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know, when you see the other sports, guys are yipping, guys are talking. So we all get right into the All-Star game then, the festivities? Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. So my thing with the All-Star Thursday was that these guys were all mic'd up, and they definitely were not comfortable with that. Why didn't they just have, like, the podium, a single mic there, you went up there to make your picks? Okay. You know what it is? Because this is what happens. This is why I'm talking about it. What's more fun than hearing mic'd up guys in the NFL? Okay, sure. We never get that in yeah. the NHL. We do. When? Kucherov, <laughs> Edmund, there's a few guys. Most of the guys don't say a word. It's very bland. Yeah. That's what I'm saying about So when they're going to call hockey a niche sport in America, which I hear all the time, which is I don't think is right. because It the, is a niche sport, though. And I hate to look at it that way because the hockey markets are huge. Yeah. Okay, I got into an argument this way about the Chicago Blackhawks. They go, oh, they're, they're nothing in Chicago. What? Okay, the Bears own the city. But the fan uh, base is... But oh, the, yeah. the, the, the Blackhawks are down the totem pole there. Agreed. Let's not kid ourselves. Okay, um, okay. a point well taken. However, when they, the fan base in Chicago for hockey is solid. Sure. That's what I'm getting at. So I don't think it should be, like, pushed over there. But we know it's a Bears city. Just like we know the Eagles, ultimately in Philadelphia, what's the, the team in Philadelphia mm. is the Eagles, so to speak. I would say Philly's more hockey savvy than Chicago, though. You think so? I, I, th- I think Philly's six? a little bit more of a sport-crazy city. So is Chicago. I think that's more of like a numbers thing, just because there's so many people in Chicago. Okay. Kind of like New York. Okay, but and, and I'll put it this way then. There's a large Eastern European population in Chicago, probably mm. one of the biggest in North America, and those people are fans of hockey. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with that. So I'm, but I'm saying by and large, like when you compare it to like the Bears or the Bulls or even like the White Sox and the Cubs. Oh, they're up there first. The, Bull, the Bulls are also a poor yeah. cousin. Now that Jordan's gone, they're just, they're not, they're not on the same level as Chicago Cubs or the, the Chicago No, but Blackhawks. they still draw much better than the Blackhawks, yeah, I would you, say. You, you got a point there, but let's not just dwell on the Blackhawks. What I'm just trying to get at, my point being is I think that these guys should take it upon themselves to market themselves better. Look, look at what they did. Like some of the well, th- I think that's All-Star Saturday night that they did last night was a f- good step towards that. Sure, yeah. and, they, and, and I like the fact that they brought in the celebrities because celebrities bring in more eyes. Well, the NHL's been doing that. They're just desperate for attention, so they, they always do that, the awards and whatever, right? Well, well that's a good thing, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, the, the, any way that you can draw more spy, uh, eyes to your sport in a positive way... Not a negative no. way that'll go. Yeah, but even at the All-Star, the draft there, even the celebrities look like they were awkward, too. I mean, we all know Buble was on shrooms that night now, but... Or he was smoking something. <laughs> Come on, that was good. But I thought Bieber was pretty lively. He uh, I, I 100% disagree. He was sitting down half the time. But he was looking like he was interested. 
So, so what? Like, I mean, act like there. you're interested. Well, you know? that's part of the problem. And, and sometimes they say that's just the makeup of the Canadian fabric and the Canadian people. I think uh, I think it was the mic'd up like aspect because like they're but afraid, the but they're afraid to say something wrong in front of like eighteen thousand, not even just the eighteen thousand in attendance there, but like the millions watching on TV. Okay, well I'll give you a good example. What is the best thing we've seen after Stanley Cup in years? Kucherov bringing a beer to the ta- to the de- to the press conference. Sure, because he was showing some. But that was on his terms. Agreed. He went up to the stand. He was like, I'm, and he was also under. Uh, he was drunk, whatever. But he's Russian. <laughs> okay, I'm what's done. that to do with anything? Anyone can enjoy beer, but you know, this one like being mic'd up and like you're kind of like it. They were kind of like taking turns. Who was mic'd up? That makes things very awkward. Oh, I agree with that. I, I didn't get that part at all. However, I'm still saying that the people like talk to him personally. Guys, if you want more people come to your eyes, like like let us know what you're all about. You got helmets on most yeah. of the time. You got visors on. Who you guys are? So I like the toques, or you didn't wear the toques and all that. But look what the the league has done, especially here in Toronto. Like this is, I'm not going to say it's a mecca hockey, but it's it damn is. well close. It is. Okay? People don't like to admit it, but it is. <coughs> People turn up when they play the Leafs. We got the Hall of Fame here. We got league offices here. Okay, let's take it one step further. What was the coolest commercial ever? Daryl Sittler picking up freaking oh Crosby and Crosby. Yeah. I mean those little touches. Doug Gilmore on the ice to pass the puck. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's Toronto centric in sure. such a great way. So whenever it goes in a couple of years, like Carolina doesn't have that cachet. No, you know no. what I mean. So um, no, okay, they they did a good job with the like I guess a lot of it, but like the 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 Thursday night the draft was like even like. When uh, David Amber, I think it was David Amber, was asking uh, Matthews about, like, Nylander and someone else's hair game, he was even afraid to make a definitive answer about that. It's like, oh, my God, just, like, just roast your teammate. Willie's not going to care. They say, like, oh, you know, maybe I think Willie's hair, you know, it's a little overrated. It's not the best in the game. That's what we're looking for. Is Willie going to get pissed off at him about that? Of course not. They're going to laugh, but it's just a shame. But, you see, that's the difference. Like, okay, a different sport and everything like that and, and different personalities. But we get to see the personality of the players say in the NBA we get to see the personalities of the players in um, the NFL like when George Kittle I hope we see him every 10 minutes in the next for the next week going into the Super Bowl mm-hmm. the guy's hilarious absolutely entertaining and stuff like that what guy do we have in the NHL is even close to that level of personality <sighs> McKinnon's got I mean not McKinnon um, I thought McKinnon was very quiet like extremely quiet. He does not look day. comfortable in front of the camera at all. You know what I mean? No. Is that a Canadian thing? I don't know. You know, I think McKin- I think I think it's like the level, the degree that the guy that these guys are media trained maybe like hampers that a little bit because they're so scared to say the wrong thing. Okay, so our marketing was so good for the NHL All Star Game in here in Toronto. Isn't someone pulling him into the room and saying, "Guys, the reason you're making ten million dollars a year is because you're attracting a fan I don't think it's that there. simple. You're like trying to like undo years of like programming that these kids have had instilled in them since like they were what fourteen, younger even for like these superstars like Crosby and McKinnon. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. So they instilled in them to be that robots. Way. Okay, but does that instill them also to do the shenanigans they do that's got us in trouble in London? Well, I, I, I would okay. say that, that programming goes deep as well, and that's maybe why they're afraid to say the wrong thing, because maybe these guys know that they have some skeletons in their closets. Ah, interesting point. Interesting point. I'm just saying I'd like to see more, because let's talk about it. The more I'm watching hockey... And, and that's can... not to say anything like specific about anyone saying that they have skeletons in the closet. I'm saying that might be like a general issue here. Got you, got you. But what I'm saying is that... Um, 
And we're going to have a discussion about this in the next couple of weeks, probably as the playoffs are going. I'm finding I'm, 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 I'm more entertained by the NHL this year than I am entertained by the NBA. Okay? I agree. You know what I'm saying? Because we're talking about the highest level of competition in the games I want to see. Okay, there's some, there's some bad hockey games. Sure. Okay, but I'm saying on a level, especially now that's getting closer, the dog days are over, all-star, trade deadline coming up, blah, blah, blah. Things are getting amped up even more, so every game is meaning more. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So my point is this. Um, guys, sell yourselves. Okay? Sell yourselves. That's I think what that's, I'm kind of think. that's the thing that the NHL and the PA really got to work on. Um, let's move it on to – so I don't know if you caught any of the uh, PWHL showcase. Oh, by the way, I, I thought that was kind of cool, and I just want to say some things um, – we're, gonna, we're not quite done with hockey, are we? Because there's a few more things. Oh, whatever. yeah, we got a lot more to talk about. Okay, that's good. Um, first of all, um, the quality of the games in the, what is it, PWHL? Yep. Okay. The quality of the games have been solid. I will admit when it's on because of my four-screen setup, girls are hitting each other now. They're getting nasty. Mm-hmm. They're doing some shit, okay? Um, however, one of the things that they're going to have to improve on, in my humble opinion... And that's because it's there. Because I did text you about it, and then I, I, I pushed, pushed back against myself, is that make sure you're a competent person doing play-by-play. Okay. You know what I mean? you got to have somebody competent. And I know that we want the, um, the um, what do you say? We want everybody to be participating regardless of your gender, so to speak. But we still want to have a quality performance, whether you're a girl or a guy in the booth. Mm-hmm. Is that what I'm getting yeah. at? You know what I'm saying? So that's the only part of the game that I think that they have to upgrade. But then again, there's not a lot of women have had the opportunity to do that. So it's a learning curve. So good luck. What I should be saying is good luck mm-hmm. to that. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And also, uh, they did a little uh, what was it, the NHL Man of the Year went to the 67 Leafs. I don't know if you saw any of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was kind of cool. I mean, I, I can dig stuff like that. So One of my buddies, he was like, oh, that's got to hype up these guys, saying how, like, the, no one believed in this team, and they won. I'm like, Matthews probably didn't even see that. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> okay, that's what I'm talking about, okay? So, I mean, it's an awesome, like, the 67 Leafs. Like, if you're a Toronto hockey fan, like, it, it's, it, it may be the greatest sports story in this city point ever. Point well taken. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say that. It, it, interesting point, but... Um, before we get too long in hockey here, we should uh, – all-star game in Toronto is great. I hope yeah. the game tomorrow was Do you want to talk about the skills a little bit? Um, in what respect? Well, just like say the winners and whatever. So obviously oh, – Mc- so uh, McDavid became the first guy to win fastest skater four times. Oh, did you see him go? Oh. You know, and and Barzell was the only guy in his class too, which oh, is pretty oh, cool. Barzell flew too. I, I thought Nylander was commendable. Like he, he, like Nylander. He, he finished top five. Yeah, and he was pretty good. But you know, they all knew. They all looked at McDavid and just <laughs> said, "This is like Larry Bird coming to the three-point contest. This is over before you started." And that's why I, you just gotta love McDavid, eh? Like, did oh, you yeah. see him flying around like that? Well, this all-star skills. This is like his baby, basically. Like he was the one that went to the league and be that was like, this, "Like we, we need to fix it here." Yeah, and it was cool, and he did it, and everything that you've seen out there was actually like, like the stick handling, yeah. the accurate shot, the shootout. Those are actual skills that we want to see, not guys shooting a puck into a pool in Vegas. 
or whatever. <laughs> or from like the top deck. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever stuff yeah. that's just so mindless, which brings the level down to yeah. a point of cheese. Yeah. They're trying to move up. Let's get the cheese factor out. And I think they did that very well. Yeah, they did the, they added the one-timer competition. Oh, I thought that, that was, was pretty cool. cool. I thought that was very yeah. cool. That's something, because that's part of the skill of yeah. the game. And they brought out Bedard for that, which was very cool. They yeah. found a way to include him in there. Him well, and Crosby they, passing out, depending if you were lefty-righty. Yeah. And uh, McKinnon won that one. Yeah. Uh, scored 23 points. Matthews looked like he was gripping the stick a little bit too tight there. Because he was at home. Yeah. I thought the same thing. He was just trying a little too hard for the hometown crowd. Uh, passing challenge. Elias Pedersen won that. Guy smooth, eh? Yeah. Guy is smooth. For a while, McCarr was winning that, but then he just kind of snuck Both in there at the last sm- second. Both of those guys are smooth, you know what I mean? But we got no personality when they did it. They did their thing like, okay, I'm going to put it this way. Okay, well, a guy in the NBA in the dunk contest or a three-point contest... They're styling when they're doing it. Like Pete Pedersen. Well, three-point contest, I don't, think you're, I don't think you have time to style for it. I think you're just like, because it's a limited time with a three-point contest, too. you got to fucking just cram your shots in. Okay, but when they get to the end, they give you some kind of like, ah, yeah. here we are. Fair, fair enough. And uh, the end, what they do. Peterson looked like he was going back to have a tea when it was all over. <laughs> That's my point. Like, you know, give me something. Maybe because they're on skates and they're worried to hurt some. I don't know. Uh, but No, you're bland. You're bland. <laughs> You're uh, bland. Don't be bland. If you want more, like, because you know what the thing is? I think this is a step in the right direction, Agreed. Though. Agreed. But you know what? The players got to help themselves out. They got to do something to show that they're selling the game. But too. again, this, it's, I think the the media training, it's so hardwired at this point. You can't unprogram yourself. Gucherov. Oh, he's Russian, though. Oh, he doesn't are not come, supposed to say that. No, but he doesn't come from the Canadian-American uh, media training school, okay. shall we say. Okay, so let's not bash the All-Star game uh, anymore. Glad it was here. A hardest shot, Kale McCarr. Yep. Uh, he beat JT Miller was second place, only lost by a two-tenths of a mile per hour. Stick handling McDavid. Oh, so ridiculous. The, uh, Nylander, if he didn't muff up in the, the beginning, beginning, he, 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 he could have won that. Yeah, yeah. He could, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought so, too. I thought uh, that's an interesting, like, I hope they keep that in there. I, think, I like skill, that, too. You know, I thought that's a pure skill level thing. Let's do it. You know what I mean? Uh, accuracy shooting, I felt so bad for Dry Settle. First of all, he kept going for one of the targets that he already hit. I'm like, didn't you see the lights? Like, you already got that target there, buddy. <laughs> all you have to do is just look up. It's like it's, everything's just lit up. But, like, McDavid and Matthews, they fucking dominated that one. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. They were it. ahead of, so Matthews was ahead of third place by, like, Four seconds. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. 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 I, I find that interesting, too. But then they act like nothing was going on, too. <laughs> and nobody Just was, another day at the office for these guys. Yeah, I mean, but I would have thrown my stick in the air, said some shit, said, I'm going to beat your ass. Something. <laughs> entertain me, because it is an entertainment, ultimately, right? Sure. Entertain me. Uh, yeah. The one-on-one contest. Nylander won that. He got nine oh, points. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was slick. That, I like this. It kind of reminded me of, uh, I mean, I mean, I guess with the format, they can't really do this anymore. They, they used to have the shootout relay, it was called. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of reminded me of that. A bit. Um, and then they ended it all off with the obstacle course, which this one definitely felt like it was McDavid's baby because, like, this is basically what he used to do in his front yard, apparently, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it was kind of neat. I mean, it wasn't cheesy. It, I think it's a good way to end it off. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it was worth the double points, that one. Um... And what was the main motivating factor of getting all these guys in the Skokes competition? $1 million prize for oh, the winner. Oh, did you say $1 million? Okay. Good motivation. Sure. You know what I mean? Nothing motivates like money, but I think that's enough all-star talk. Yeah, uh, cautiously optimistic for the all-star game tonight. 
since it is All-Star Weekend, we're going to talk about our 10 best players in the league, but we're going to save that for the end. Okay. Just a little tease. Uh, a few more hockey things. Oh, yeah, but just remember what you said. This is probably going to be the name of the show because we seem to be using the expression cautiously optimistic. Cautiously, I should name that. Yes. We, I'm going to write that down yes, right now. because we have stated we, we're cautiously optimistic about a lot of things today. You know, F1, baseball, now the hockey, we're cautiously optimistic. <laughs> you can take that any way you want, sure. people that are listening, because I could take that down the road in many tangents, but let, let's get back to the Toronto-centric hockey well, things. Well, there's the well, next thing isn't really Toronto-centric, but obviously the trade deadline is looming. Oh, yes. Uh, under a month away at this point. Uh, a couple big trades went Huge. down All-Star Weekend. So the big one, Elias Lindholm going to the Canucks. So for the second year in a row, one of the All-Stars was traded during All-Star Weekend and wore his new uniform for the first time at the All-Star Game. I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah, it happened last, has, well, funny enough, it involved the Canucks last year too with uh, Bo Horvat going to the Islanders. You know what I like about these things is these guys are being proactive, including Winnipeg. Yes. Okay, now I'm I'm uh, Monahan. I miss you already. Thanks for being a hab. Well, let, let's set it up. So Monahan got traded to the Winnipeg Jets for a first play, a first, first round pick, round draft, and pick. a conditional third. So, but that one's based on uh, like Winnipeg's got to go deep in the playoffs for you guys to get that second pick. Yeah, I, I heard. Well, they got to make it to conference finals, right? I believe so. Okay, so let's just take it one step further. Monahan, you are an amazing asset for the Montreal Canadiens because that guy actually produced. Two first-round picks for us. When you think about that's it, that's true. You know well, one I, was just for taking him off uh, Calgary's hands, and then he then he gambled on himself and he won. And that's why yeah. another one a team wanted to pick him up. I thought he had a bit of a no-trade contract, contract, but I heard the well. That's up to him. Yeah, that was yeah. That, that was a deal. But like it, the, from what it sounds like, there could be a little wink, wink deal for him to return to Montreal on July first. I heard in Winnipeg on uh, NHL Network, someone brought that up on the uh, NHL Network, and someone says that Winnipeg's already aggressively saying, come on, man, we make it to the finals, Montreal's years away. Like, they're trying to use that kind of, um, do you want to play That's going to depend on playoff performance, though. Exactly. Like, if Winnipeg gets slapped in the first round, like, Daniel, he's it. back. He's back. You know what I mean? But uh, I, I like the talk that, that teams are going to be um, are active already. Because well, we, we've seen this the last few years, though. Like, I remember the Leafs, they got uh, Jake Muzzin, like, a month ahead of the deadline. They got Jack Campbell a month ahead of the deadline. Because if you want the guy, go get him now. Why yeah. are you going to wait for the last second? Because then there the, the be price is like, especially if you feel like the prices aren't going to drop. Like, then, then go and yeah. get it. You know what I mean? So we're going to see what's going to happen there. It's going. I think the trade deadline issue is going to be dead because everything is going to be done. Because the only domino out there that's really wanted is Zanuff of Calgary. The product of these uh, trade deadline shows on Sportsnet TSN just gets worse and worse every year because of that. Can I? Can I just say? Like, what was the last like exciting trade deadline? Two thousand eight when oh. like Brad Richards went to Dallas oh, and Hosa went to Pittsburgh. If I may, it's last give, one. If I may give a little shout out, I did hear O Dog said this week he's already cringing because he's on the panel of that show and the trade deadline oh, shows that, about ten hours. I would not want to work that. Plus, you're doing Sports Center hits after. Oh, he, he's yeah. already he's already cringing, saying, you know what I mean. But you have to have the show. Yeah, you have to show. Well, like we as as people are are um, we're going to be interested. We want to see what's going to happen. But I think it'll all be over. By the trade deadline. Trade deadline day is going to be freaking waiting at the train station. The train's late. Yeah, it's going to be like a bunch of guys, like a bunch of depth talent getting traded. Yeah. Uh, the other big trade, obviously, we alluded to before, Lies Lindholm to Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, has a lot of the tools for Bo Horvat that they lost last year. They gave up Andre Kuzmenko, who basically was their top-line guy. Yeah. Um, 
giving up another couple prospects, a first-round pick this year and a conditional fourth-round pick this year that could become a third if they make the conference final. So okay. Calgary getting a nice little haul. Oh, I agree. And Buddy there that got traded, he could still have the potential to score 30 goals himself. Oh, sure. He's just a word around. Well, I mean, who's going to pass him the puck now in Calgary is going to be the problem. Okay, but I mean, he still has the potential to do that. But it gets back to another thing about creating a culture on your team is that he was not a Rick Tockett guy. Mm -hmm. That's the word around the Well, he potted 39 last year. He only only has eight this year. So what happened? That's what I'm saying. So that's like the guy could come back and he's only, what, 26, 28? He is... He's 27. Yeah, so he's got it. He, he's you know he's still got some freaking goals in there. You know what I mean? But that I, I like the fact that those teams are going for it already. Mm-hmm. Like you know, which gives us the opportunity to say that maybe we're going to have a Canadian team that's going to be much farther in the game than we've had in years. I hope. Well, I would love to see a Canadian team win the cup this year. Oh, it'd be uh, great. There's a possibility. So th- does this mean it's open season now in Calgary? Is are Hannafin and Tanev going to be next? Oh, I want, for sure. And I think the Leafs are going to figure out a way to get one. I don't think the Leafs are going to take a big swing at the deadline. So they're going to do status quo? Yeah. Okay. Now the, uh, I think they, especially because, like, they, they have their first-round pick this year. Why not draft? You need okay. – that prospect pool is pretty empty. Okay, so I do want to talk some Toronto Maple Leafs, but do you have any notes you want to get to before I start taking some swings at your beloved Maple uh, Leafs? Just one – Thing about so uh, Todd McClellan fired by the Kings. Oh, is the NHL as usual? What happened to my LA Kings? If you guys know on this show, what did I say about the LA Kings? You know what I mean? I had them pretty well. Yeah, you had them as your Stanley Cup, uh, or at least your Western Conference favorite. Yes, I'm saying, what happened to that team? Like, what goes on? But then it's the other. The wheels on the bus are falling (laughs) off, falling off, falling off. But I mean, it's it's such a trajectory. Look what's happened since the season has started. Let's just compare two teams. Edmonton couldn't even sharpen their skates at the beginning of the oh, season. Oh, they have just completely crossed and, and, paths. And then uh, that's what I'm talking about. That, that's what blows me away. Like, if you go back there when, like, they were talking about Edmonton, are you blowing your season? And, and L.A. was just one of the three or four surprise teams in the league. Yeah. And Vancouver, because remember, they're going, oh, my God, look at Vancouver, look at L.A. Obviously, Vancouver's a little bit tighter. I think it's the goaltending, though, that has a lot to do with that. Sure. You know what I mean? But the bottom line, like, how does that team happen like that? And you know, in the NHL, you're gone. You're fired. Get out of here. Like, really, really, really quick. Well, especially McClellan's been there. Like, how long ago was he fired by Edmonton? And then he, it's like, he's been there five years. I was just going to say five years, which yeah. is what the uh, Milani um, theory of. Well, that's, the, that's not my rule. It's Larry Bird's rule. Well, whatever. The, I'm, I call it the Milani rule. That was that because you see that guy's out of here too. Why, Cruz? He's been here this long. He's gone. Okay, bro. I'm not gonna argue with you on that point. But you seem to be pretty accurate lately about your assessment, especially coaches in the NHL. Yeah. So my question is: Is Gerard Gallant going to be the new head coach in LA? That's what I. My first thing was too. Because look at Tom. Well, well, Rod Blake and Luke Robitz, I want to deal with that, though. That's the question. They had to deal with them on the ice. Okay, look at it that yeah, way. Yeah, do they want part, part deux? I don't know about that. Well, um, look, let's look at it this way. Sometimes the tra- trends change in the NHL. You get the player-friendly coach, or do you get the guy that's got to say, let's tighten up here. So I don't know how long the Rick Tockett experience is going to work in Vancouver, but obviously he's already one of the guys in line for coach of the year. Oh, for, I, I for say for sure he's the front runner. Okay, so he's a coach of the year. So I'm not saying Gerard Gallant and Rick Tockett are 
the same type of coaches, but I bet you they bring somewhat of the same culture. Sure. You know what I mean? That's what I'm getting at. Well, they're both hard asses. We know that. Okay, that's what I'm getting at. Okay, they're strategically or schematically, they might do some things a little bit differently, but is that what LA needs in the dressing room? Because you're in la-la land anyway. Well, I think you need someone to wake up Dubois. You know what? Remember when you wanted him as a hab? Oh, God. Thank you. I went to confession. (laughs) Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. I asked for something I really didn't want. Oh, Oh, you thought you wanted. I thought I wanted. Yeah, we think we want a lot of things, too, until we get them. Okay, that's the old thing. Druen. Oh, and he looks good in Colorado. Looks good. You know, I mean, not superstar but he's serviceable playing with mckinnon though he gets a lot of money that's what i'm saying so that works out well but you know what i'm saying like be careful what you wish for because you know what i'm saying and and it's so weird when i thought about it the other day let's go back to like november december to now edmonton was like an afterthought la was like whoa and now we're like what how many days later and like you say the coin is flipped Hundred percent, like it's, it's just, complete. It's, both those teams have done a complete one eighty. Oh yeah, and you know, I'm actually like astonished well, how that's worked out. Well, one of the things that we've talked about on air is that uh, uh, first of all, the, the what does a winning streak of this caliber oh, bring for the you? Oilers. What does that bring you? What does history say? Well, the last team to have a win streak of this magnitude and win the Stanley Cup was in 1982, kids. And if you don't know, that was the New York Islanders won the Stanley Cup that year over. Do you know who they would have beat in the finals? Uh, Minnesota? That was the year before, Vancouver in 82. Oh, Vancouver in 82. and then With Mike Brodeur. Oh, yeah, that's right. And the next year was... uh, Oilers. The Oilers, They swept them, I believe, in 83, but then Oilers beat them in five the next year. Next year, yeah. Yeah. Those series was everybody was just... They they should have played that series with baseball bats. I remember those series. That's when Edmonton realized, hey, man, we can't dipsy-doodle. But that's another story for another time. You know those those saying? Team Canada's must have been fun. It was like half Islanders, half Oilers. Yeah. <laughs> what were those and, like in the dressing room? And they were not happy. Like I heard there was <laughs> like shit was said. You know what I mean? But um, anyways, I just want to say a few things because we are Toronto centric yes. me of all people. Um, I want to talk about a couple, three things that I want to bring up, okay? First of all, um, I want to know uh, what the Toronto fan base is going to do with Mr. Samsonov. First of all, I think he's an amazing story. Okay, so he has to play at least on a level that he's been playing now. Agreed. Okay, so if he has a bad game, do you dump on him? I think you put him right back in and see I how agree. he is yeah, on, 100%. on the next game, okay? The so, league fans, we do want to see him succeed. That much is clear. The way you guys treated him in that game here, that has, if that didn't build the guy's confidence, he'll never have confidence in his life. But now you're going to have a little bit of a conundrum, which we were talking about, considering there's a trade deadline coming up. Well, in a couple weeks, possibly, depending. We're talking about Joseph Wall. Okay. He's apparently two weeks away from coming back. I mean, all that's hearsay. There's no official word as of yet, but that's the estimate that I've seen. Okay, so now here you go, and it's um, one month from now. One month from now. And the trade deadline's what, 27 days? Yeah. Okay, so Wall comes in and makes three good starts. And he, oh, looks like Wall's back. Samsonov's staying his steady self. And you got Martin Jones. Well, Jones is getting sent down to the minors. He's not clearing waivers, bro. I'm telling you right now. Who's picking him up off waivers? We have now in the fish. Who's picking him up off waivers? I haven't figured that out yet, but when I do... You're going to take a chance on a goalie that his last few starts have not been great at all. The last two because they burnt him out. 
What's going to change? Then he's going to have some rest, and he's going to give you, and he's going to give you the same. I would, if I was another team's GM, I would not take away because you got to send someone else too. That's the thing, right? You're going to have to expose one of your own goalies on waivers just to make room for this guy who has not been playing well. Last two that's games. that's a bad that's bad management. This is why Leaf fans are just drive me crazy. He's a, he's in a clear waivers, hundred percent, hundred percent. You weren't you weren't pissing in his soup when he was winning games for you. What happened? That was then. Now? This is now. So you're just gonna say, Don? Thanks for coming. We need out. him to. The Marlies need him. That's important as well. That's an extension of the Leafs. Stop it. It is. I'm not saying that. You're just going to kick the guy to the I'm curb. I'm not kicking him to the curb. He signed to be the Marley starter, and I'm sending him down to be the Marley starter. Okay, remember, everybody remember this argument, because I'm going to say in 20 days from now when the trade deadline comes along, do you keep three goaltenders? And, no. I, and I'm predicting no. this. we got a beer. The Leafs aren't too much like uh, cap heck. Okay, I agree. And every team is up against the wall, which may lend itself for your arguing winning, but I'm saying this. If Martin Jones is put on waivers, he's claimed. Someone's 100% no. Got a beer on it? We I'll got bet, a pint. I'll bet, you, I'll bet you a pint on that. Okay, we're going to bet a pint. That's here at the House of Hatton Pint on February 3rd, is it? 2024? Yeah, Jones is not getting claimed. Okay, number two is, I wanted to, about, another thing I want to talk about the Tr- Toronto Maple Leafs is. You can't uh, even give me a team that's going to claim him. Come on. Jersey? Carolina? No, Anderson's coming back for Carolina. Uh, that's kind of sketchy. Um, okay, who else did I say? Carolina, them. Minnesota's too far out of it. Dallas, maybe. Um, mm. L.A., L.A., if they look like they, got, if they write the ship. But right now, they wouldn't touch him. No, right? It does, uh, L.A. wouldn't make sense because Riddick's playing well. And I think Talbot, like, it would be too much money to dump in the minors. Because he, he he's more money than Samsonov, right? He, he got like a nice chunk, uh, like a nice one-year deal, I remember. What about Edmonton? No. Oh, so they're going to stick with that stuff they got there? Stuart Skinner, Venice, Vesna Trophy candidate? I think they're going to stick with Skinner. I don't see why Oh, no, at well, this winning streak, he's doing fine. But don't, don't you want goalie depth? Would you trade for Markstrom from Calgary if you had the chance? Oh, I think a lot of teams would like to, but I don't think Markstrom wants to leave. No, I don't think he wants to leave either. Let's but see that, Talbot's that, deal. I'm just saying that. Oh, it's actually, Talbot, it's, uh, it's, he's on a one-year, one-mill deal, deal, so he could get sent to the minors. But, I mean, like, I, I think L.A. wants to give him the chance to get out of it. Oh, I agree. But, like I'm saying, like, around the league, what is the biggest problem besides defensemen? Nobody's got goalie depth. Yeah. You know what I mean? But a three-goalie system, is we've discussed this, that's uh, also not going to help you either. Uh, and I think a lot of teams know that. Yeah, well, yeah, so does my team. Well, I think your team's getting greedy. Oh, we have, but that was a nice score for Monaghan. Do you think that this is, does that mean like the league has been diluted because we have this goalie issue? I think that's definitely a problem. Okay, so yeah. I'm, I'm going to be here at the house that I'm saying, I, I think I'm it's less of a problem with forwards and defensemen. It's just goalies. It's just like there's not enough to go around. Well, I don't think there's enough for six defensemen for every team in the league to have, too. <laughs> what do you think about that? I, I disagree with that because I would say the, like, the skill in the league has never been better with that. Like, a third pair of defensemen now, I think, are better than a lot of, like, number three, number fours from, like, 20 years ago. Perhaps, maybe. I've yeah. been thinking about that because I'm, we're going to do a little research on that to see it because all the defensemen that used to happen back in the day, maybe because the game was a little bit more rugged and they took away the tugging. Oh, there were guys that couldn't skate. <laughs> yeah, but they just held on to you as you were going by. Yeah, that's me, bullshit. Okay, enough of that. I've got another thing here I want to bring up, Okay. 
which I heard and I thought that this was absolutely an amazing scenario, okay? Okay. What happens if it's game number 80 at Scotiabank Arena and the Toronto Maple Leafs are not in a playoff position? That's not going to happen. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You're the Leaf guy here, not me, okay? So what happens if the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's game number 80 at Scotiabank Arena and they are not in a playoff position and Austin Matthews scores his 70th goal? How does the crowd react? It's not going to happen. I'm just saying. I'm not going to get I involved. I might win the lottery tonight, bro. I might win the lottery. I'm not going to get into these Oh, I'm making you nervous? Are you make, it's not going to happen. Oh, no. If the Leafs miss the playoffs, it means we'd get a better draft pick. I'd be happy about that. Oh, no, that. no. But what if Matthew scores 70 goals? Good for him. So what does that 70 goals mean? Nothing. What do you mean? It's going to lead to his uh, totals. You're not in you the score, playoffs. 70, scoring 70 goals is scoring 70 goals. If, if your team sucked, that means your team sucked. Okay, so I'm going to give you a different answer then. What would you rather have? Matthew score 50 goals and you go to the conference finals or Matthew What score? do you think? Then end of story. <laughs> that's, so that's what I'm saying. Have you the night that he But scored, this, is, this is a stupid hypothetical. We don't know. There's 30 games left. Um, last Leafs time, are making the playoffs. Last time I checked it, they're in a wild card position to start. They're lucky Detroit lost their last game. <laughs> or they would have passed him too. So let's not let's not say you guys are, you're not in the driver's seat. This isn't last year or the year before. Okay, we're three. Or sorry, we're one point behind Tampa for third with three games in hand. They're going to finish third, and they're going to lose to Florida in the first round. We know this. Oh, did you hear that, people? I'm just. I've said this to before on the show. Tires. This is nothing new. Does this guy not kick the shit out of your team? It's not oh, our year. It's not our year. I'm not getting my hopes up on it for a season that like we're Miss, not going to win. Mister, it doesn't Mr. make sense. Mister, I've been through too much. Mister and Mrs. Milani, how do you let him sit down at the kitchen table? Well, my dad's not Leafs fan. He doesn't care. So okay, good. Okay, you know what? Then you pick on your son. Every time you, he brings up the Leafs. Uh, oh, my mom, my brother, they know too. This isn't our year. Oh, but how do you know? Once you're in, anything can happen. Look at Florida last year. Oh, different story with Florida. They came down like the Monstars from Space Jam in the second half of the season. Okay, so then maybe what, what if Toronto plays like L.A. for the last 20 games? <laughs> Which L.A.? <laughs> okay, the L.A. Kings. Nah. Uh. I don't I'm know. Just saying, you you you, you got to expect the unexpected, or you got to expect something. Leafs aren't winning a playoff round this year. Oh, Not happening. That makes too weak on defense. That makes me giggle. Uh, but, top ten players in the league. Okay, before we go, before we get our top ten players in the league, I just want to say one thing that we've talked about many a times, and I'm just gonna say this: they don't want fighting in the NHL, do they? They don't want stage fighting in this. No, stage fighting, no. Okay. Everybody, okay, everybody want to know this. I'm an eight-hour-a-day sports guy. There isn't one sports show on any network, Bally, Sportsnet, TSN, MSG. Mm-hmm. Yes, every, when the fighting goes on, everybody's, yeah. Yeah, of course. Okay, so if that's the case, then I think everybody's a bunch of hypocrites. Oh, we want the game cleaner. We want the game better. Oh, there's a fight. Yeah, all right. Oh, yeah, but stage fighting and fight. No one's ever said they're t- like. When have you ever heard Gary Bettman talk about getting rid of fighting? And oh, hockey? you never will. Exactly. That, that's my point, though. So I'm just saying this. Then talk positive about 
fighting. Well, except for stage fighting, that's stupid. Okay, I, I agree. I, I, I've never, we've, we, we've emphatically said I'm not about stage fighting. But when they talk about all this Or stuff, fights after clean hits. Okay, well, that's well, people seem to like that. That's my I, thing. I, that's stupidity, but... Well, that's my point. Everyone says, oh, I was protecting my player. Oh, I was doing this, and then we get a scrap, and oh, that guy was rugged. Did you see him? Oh, he took him out. Even the females love to talk about it on the panels, and I say to me, that that's what just makes me crazy. I don't think hockey should ever take fighting out of the game. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they always say, we don't want this, we don't want that. However, when the fighting comes up, everybody's in the first row. To me, that's a little hypocritical. You know what I'm saying? Sure. You know what I mean? If you're going to say you want to clean the game up, don't glorify those moments that you're trying to tell me that you're taking out of the game, because I'm going to call bullshit. Because I believe this. If some guy takes my player's head off in a dirty way, I want my guy protected. And that's why you need the frontier justice of the game. Don't really, it should be the referees, but... Really? Yeah. That's the job of the referee, to keep things clean. Yeah. A good point. <laughs> however, however, we will move it on because this is an endless yeah. discussion. We'll yeah. go on. But since this is the all-star break, we have decided to present to you who we think are the 10 best players in the NHL today. Correct? Yep. You can start off. Okay. I see you got a nice list already assembled. Oh, yes, I do. So let's just make it really quick. Is yours in order or no? No, nah, I don't. Yeah, mine, mine's on order. Okay, okay. Well, well, so let's just just it's too so, hard. Okay, let's so so that this doesn't go on forever and ever. We can ar- argue about the later parts of it. Let's just say we both have McKinnon. Well, let's just say your list, and I'll say mine. How about that? Okay. Because um, you can't assume who's on my list. I can't ass- assume who's on yours. Point well taken. Honorable mention. Oh. We said we'd have honor- one honorable mention, right? Did we say we'd have one? I, I said we could do whatever we want. I don't. I don't really care. You could have five. I wouldn't. I wouldn't care. Okay. So, anyways, my honorable mention. Uh, <laughs> he. St- it starts with an H, but I'm confused. So I'll just go through my list and then what? I'll get to that. Because I, I still can't decide. Because okay. Okay. Start mental. from the top then. McKinnon is okay. on my list. Um, uh, Connor McDavid is on my list. Uh, Austin Matthews is on my list. Pasternick is on my list. Mm-hmm. Kale McCarr is on my list. Um, Quinn Hughes is on my list. Dreisaitl is on my list. Kucherev is on my list. Hellebuck is on my list. And number 10, Sidney Crosby is on my okay. list. That's my 10. With honorable mention to... Um, Victor Hedman and Jack Hughes. Okay, so our, li- our lists are very similar, actually. They should be. They should be. So I got McDavid. Okay. I got McKinnon. Okay. I got Matthews. Yep. I got McCarr. Yep. I got Dreisaitl. Yep. I got Connor Hellebuck. Yep. I got Sidney Crosby. Oh, good. I got Pasternak. Yep. I got Kucherov. Oh. How many is that now that I got? You, you're hitting me. You're only one more to go. My last one... Alex Barkoff. No Quinn Hughes? He, he was no one of my Quinn honorable... Hughes. Bo, the, the Hughes brothers, both of them are honorable mentions in Pedersen. Those were like right off the list. And that, Hedman, sorry. Okay, okay yeah. Okay, but here's the Those one. were guys in my conversation. Okay, look at my first list over here. And who's the 14th guy? Barkov. I did have him 
uh, on there. But that's a, you know what? This is pretty solid because yeah. if we're watching the league, all these guys should be the same. And it's just come down to a couple of guys. But you got Barkov and I got Quinn Hughes. It's basically the difference. Yeah, there are some more like defensemen I would like to give oh, love to, like Dahlin or like oh, yeah, Heiskanen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, no, there's a few other guys around, too. Um, uh, you got to mention the fact that JT Miller is having the season of sure, his life. Sure. So he, he's one of the guys that you can put up there. Oh, yeah, there's a bunch of other guys. But I'm really glad that this is a list because if you – we're talking about today, 23-24 mm -hmm. season. I think we pretty well nailed it on who the guys are. But like you say, like we could have had a top 15, and we probably been able to include yeah. those guys. But let's just keep it at top 10. As a matter of fact, if Jack Hughes hadn't got injured – He'd be my top 10, I think, for sure. You know, it is. Because the question is, it's about the Sidney Crosby thing. I'm really glad you put him on the list because I still think he's a top 10 player. And his two-way game has gotten – he's developed more as he's gotten older. I, I was going to leave him off the list, and I slept on him like, ah, I got to have him on. That's what me did yeah. too. Look, at he's down there because I said no. And the question is, is he going to make the Olympic team in two years? He will certainly have that chance. I could, I don't know if he's going to be like a, a second or third line guy. Like maybe he could be like a fourth line center. And or, who's going to say no to that? Or a fourth line left winger. I would keep him at center, but just because okay, it's a strong two-way game. The history of Team Canada has said you move a guy of his skill level to the wing because they're responsible hockey players. Sure. You know what I'm saying, so to speak? That's what's going to he, be. He'll be on the team for sure, though, I think. I hope so, too. I know he gets to play with McKinnon. But anyway, that's we'll just wrap it up in hockey. If you guys have any opinions about the players that you think that we've missed, which we think we didn't, let us know. Yeah, let us know what we got wrong, right? Yes, please. please uh, we'll move this on. So the NBA announced their All-Stars as well. Mm -hmm. So the starters for the Eastern All-Star team are Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Damian Lillard, and Tyrese Halliburton from the Indiana Pacers, who is hosting the All-Star game. Yep. Reserves on the East are Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Maxey, Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brown, Paolo Banquero, Julius Randle, and Bam Adebayo. For the West, starters are Luka Doncic, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, our boy, yes. Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic. And then on the reserves, Devin Booker, Steph Curry, Anthony Edwards, your boy. Yes. Jo uh, Paul George, my boy. Kawhi Leonard, I think he's still our boy. Oh, yeah. Carl Anthony Towns and street clothes himself, Anthony Davis. He deserves to make it this year. Sure. He's been really playing there. Um, I really like the politics of the NBA when they're selection, eh? because they've got three different groups that vote, and they're different value added. And then again, if you make first team voted on the All-Star, that's a yep. financial incentive. Yep, yep. You know what I mean? Which is all the things uh, in the NBA, which is kind of cool now. Everything's based on money. Everything is based on money. But I'm, I, I want to get to this. I think the all-star selections were pretty solid. I think that Brunson should have started over Lillard. Well, that comes down to a vote, though, right? That's what he's more popular. Yeah. But Brunson now should be in the MVP conversation. Yep. You know, you're, you're talking about Nikolai, Embiid. Uh, I don't think of Embiid because he's going to be eliminated. He might not yeah, be eligible because okay. he missed too many games. So here at the house that happens, I think that we should define what we think of this 65-game if you don't get 65 games, you don't qualify for any type of award, postseason accolade whatsoever. <coughs> yeah. What do you think? That's good? I think it is good. I think that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so I'm agreeing with it this way because what it does is it forces the guys to think about sitting out. And this sitting out thing starts with the management all the way down. Okay, so as I've noticed earlier in the year when we had the in-season tournament, because that's going to keep more guys playing, 
Didn't I see the other night in Boston, AD and LeBron were both sitting in Boston. Insane. You know what I think it was personally on Boston ended up winning? I think that was a big fuck you to Boston because you know what? There is an element here that nobody likes to talk about, which is relatively true. Boston's not known for its uh, cool um, race, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? That reputation's there. It still comes up. Not everybody says on national TV because you just can't beat the team into the ground. But I think that was AD's and, and LeBron's way of saying F you to the fans in a weird way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because everyone knows Boston's reputation, and these guys whisper it all the time. Sure. You know what I mean? So my point being is I agree, too, because if you miss 15, 16, 17 games, sometimes I would say – because you can't bend it, I go, because they're going to, so the talk is, well, let's make it 60 games. And then I'm going, nah, then we defeat the purpose of what you're trying to do yeah. in the first place. The only reason I'm going to bring this up is that Halliburton came back from an injury. Mm -hmm. He looked terrible. He wasn't ready to play. But he knew then he'd have the all-star break, but because of the time that he's already missed a few games, right, right. he's worried about it. And, of course, the management's saying, well, we've got to rest you for a few games there down the road. Can we get to the playoffs? Mm -hmm. So can we chill you out and make sure you get out of the game right now? Because that's becoming an issue. And it's an issue in so many ways. The number one being, it's not just the accolades that you are going to get for, um, for the fans that participate, whatever, but it's the money. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how. Yeah, it affects your, like, your contract. And this goes back to the collective bargaining agreement. So, I heard Draymond Green, bitch, say, crying on his podcast that this is not fair. This is what about the uh, sustainability of Embiid's knee or uh, you got to understand this. No, 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 Draymond, you're getting big, big money. And now you're copying And you out. collectively bargained for this. Exactly. That's my point. You guys decided this is the way that it is. Now, there is, I, I'm, I'm more on this than the other part that I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing totally with the 65 games and you don't get it and that affects your money. That's your problem. However, the injury thing is, eh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, should Halliburton lose money because he's got a bad knee? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of weird. But the other one that I'm not, I, I'm, I'm thinking that gets sketchy is you get 10 reporters that don't like you. Yeah. And they don't vote for you. I agree with that part. That's, that's the that's part sketchy. That, that, that's sketchy for me, but that's in the collective bargaining agreement, too. Yeah, you agree to so that. So if the uh, Michael Wilbon, Stephen A. Smith, uh, Wozanowski, and Eminem, if they all decide they don't like you because you're a bitch and don't vote for you, that's like the Clay Thomas story is the biggest one. Yeah. Cost them $40 oh, million. Yeah. Dollars. Yeah. That's $40 million because people didn't vote for you. Now, he was borderline. He was borderline, but there's also word around the campfire that Clay Thomas is not the most copacetic player that you want to engage in at times. And that's where it gets sketchy because you should not be voting on the guy because of his personality. You should be voting on the guy because of his ability. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? So that's the part that I think gets a little sketchy when it comes involved to. But they, like I said, it's collectively agreed upon. Okay. Yeah, like, talk to your player union about this. Like, what happened? Well, I think it's two things. Personally, the gospel according to Cruz, I look at it this way. Two things is the ratings in the NBA of late have been fluctuating. Um, the fan kickback from all the people not showing up for games has just gotten astronomical. Yeah. 
And then you add it on when you don't put those guys in. We have scores like 140 to 135. What kind of bullshit is this going on in the NBA? Are we going to glorify guys scoring 70, 80 points a night? Like, how many times has that happened this year? It's happened more time in the history of the NBA. Why? Sloppy defense and bad games. So we're going to glorify a guy scoring 75 points because the game was shit? I'd rather you score 50 and give me a better performance. Give me a better product on the field. Because at times, as I was always saying earlier, sometimes when the game's on and i got to pick an NBA game because everyone says, oh, Cruz, you're more an NBA guy than an NHL guy. Now, I'm going to give you a little pushback on that. I watch a lot of games, people. I've watched more than the average individual. I'm telling you that right now. It's going to continue because I ain't going back to work. But that's another story. The quality of the NHL games is better than the NBA games, and I'm not sure why. Is it because of that? Load management probably has a big part in this. Um, guys not playing D, glorifying. Like, the biggest example this year is the night that uh, uh, Carl Anthony Towns scored the... Uh, 62 points. Did you hear the coach after the game? No. Oh, he carved him a new one. Oh, wow. In a big way, because what happened is they went back to the playground game. So what they did is they started firing him because they wanted him to get to 70. And then what mm. happened is Cat uh, ran out of juice, couldn't make a shot. His legs were dead. The hair, uh, the hair couldn't catch up to the tortoise, and the tortoise won the race. So you blew a game there. And what, yeah, he got greedy. Yeah, and, and no, but it was a whole team feeding him. My boy Anthony Edwards is just as guilty. He yeah. was in on it too. But the bottom line is you lost that game. It's so tight at the top of the Western Conference in the NBA right now. Oh, not just the top of the West, just the Western Conference in general. So you want to get more home games than you possibly can, right? What happens at the end of the season and OKC is one game ahead of you? You're going to look back on the schedule and say, it wasn't because you lost the last couple of games in the last week. That game that you lose in January is a gloss. It's the same thing. It's a, a, a L is an L if it's in April or if it's in January. And I thought it was really cool that the commotion blasted the team. Like, oh, how can you uh, dump on a guy that scored 62 points? You lost the game. Mm -hmm. Just like when Matthew scores his 70th goal in the 80th game and the Leafs don't make the playoffs. Oh, my God. Stop it. It's just what you're going to have to deal with. You know Stop what I mean? It. <laughs> By the yeah. flip side, you know, the scoring 50 and seeing a good game. We did see that this week with uh, Tyrese Maxey. Oh, no. That Philadelphia. That was a great game oh, against that was Utah. A, that was a, that was an amazing game, and Utah's on the rise, and they're going to get a hockey team because that owner, that Ryan Smith guy, yep. he's out there. He's in there pumping up the players. I love guys like that, but Utah's on the rise. Like some people say, like they were supposed to be like maybe a lottery pick team. No, but so even they, last year they had a better than expected season. They have, uh, oh, my God, Danny Ainge at the helm now. So he, uh, and, and with Ryan Smith as the owner, yeah, they're going places. It's a good combo. And not only that, that was a dogfight of a game. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. But the thing is, you don't mind that Maxi scored the fifty because he was doing it in rhythm and he was yeah. going for the game. They weren't trying to get him some kind of stupid record. I mean, scoring seventy points in your book, come on! How yeah. many guys have scored seventy? I agree. I mean, that would be nice to put on your mantle place. However, Tyrese Maxi scored those in the floor of the game. They needed those points. Embiid wasn't playing. Yep. You know what I mean? So. Um, yeah, you know what I'm saying. I want wins before I want scoring seventy points a game. Yep. Uh, anything else you want to add for the NBA? I'm thinking that um, before we go, 
the phenomenon that's going on with the New York Knicks right now is something that hasn't happened for the Knicks. And I'm going to tell you what, I believe the Knicks are going to get every call for the rest of the year because New York City is supposed to be the mecca of basketball. And what have they done on the court to do anything to make you scream since Ewing? Nothing. Okay, there you go. They so, had a couple of good seasons with Melo. That's, that's about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, they competed. They did whatever. But the bottom line is I'm looking at it this way. Anobi is the guy that I've been saying he was for years. I got to just throw that in there. I've loved Anobi. Everybody that knows me loved this guy. And I was watching some basketball players the other I'm watching some basketball games with some friends the other night, and they were going, oh, that guy played like this. Only if we had this type of guy. I looked at him and said, we had that guy. His name is Anobi, you fool. Ananobi. Ananobi, yeah. This is, that's the guy we had. So I'm going to say that um, I'm happy for Anobi. You see what their record is? Well, they won their last nine games now. I they're, see that. They're now 13-2 and two since he joined the team, or 12-2 and two with a nine-game winning streak. And, and just half a game back in Milwaukee for second. And, and Milwaukee is a mess. You know what I mean? Despite the new coach. Despite the new coach. But anyway, that's enough about the NBA. We're going to have a lot. Well, oh, sorry, okay. sorry. I was just going to say that um, um, one of the things that you said to me, and I'm, this is going to make me scream, is if we get to the playoffs and we see the highest quality of basketball that we've seen all season, we got conned. You know, that's I think, I think we're about to get conned. Oh, yeah. And the famous words of Johnny Rotten. Do you ever feel like you've been hard? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, before we get off basketball, I just want to wish a happy retirement to Marc Gasol, former Toronto Raptor, NBA champion. Nah. Nah. Oh, why do you got to be that way? Nah. I'm a Jonas Valanciunas fan. End of story. They don't win that championship without Gasol. Yeah, okay. Okay. Gasol's playmaking is defense. Being able to be there at the top of the key, making plays, shooting shots. Come on. Spanish. So, so what? Just had to throw that in there. So what? Just had to throw that in there. What does that mean? That means I'm not a fan. Wow, that's I racist. Like no, it's not. I mean, I like the guy. I mean, that's nothing to do with Spanish players. I just threw that in there because I've never been a, uh, either brother. I've not really? been a big fan of either one of those guys, no. Like, I mean, Paul Casals now in the Hall of Fame, right? I think Mark's going to get in, too. <sighs> We're going to have a, a whole show about the Hall of Fame one day. You know? <laughs> I think Mark deserves to get in there, though. Wah, 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 wah. What does that mean? I don't think he does. 100%. Look at his accolades. Look at his career. I know his sister drives a uh, car that doesn't have a driver. Is that one of the things? Come I don't on. know what that means. That means that I think that his accolades are irrelevant. I always thought that I'm... Uh, what else do we have to go by, though? So he played a long time. So what? At a top uh, level for a long time. What's his, his career average? 13 points? No, come on. Higher than that. Plus, he could do it all. Like for a big man? Come on. He was slow. Good so what? Good transition. So what? Couldn't guard the perimeter. That's not true. 30% uh, free throw, uh, th uh, throwing up threes when he shouldn't have been throwing them up 20% of the time. Can you tell I'm not a Mark Casal fan? You know, Tremendous players defensive player. Played a little D. He's from Spain. Oh played a lot God. of Ole D, okay? So now you know where I'm getting with Spanish players, okay? 
I don't want to knock the guy, but just you don't want to. This is you what, are knocking the guy. Okay, well, this is what sports are all about. Defensive Player of the Year in 2013. Come on, once, <laughs> once more than LeBron's ever gotten. Well, because well, well okay, you're going to compare Le- LeBron. I'm just to saying what, compare, we're going by accolades. Okay, you're going to be comparing LeBron to Gasol. I'm just saying you can't just say oh he's got it once, Mr. Malone. That's a that, you're being too he, much of a hater. When he comes home, go make him stand in the corner. He said Gasol and LeBron in the same sentence. Okay. Actually, I didn't. But kinda, <laughs> kinda. I'm not letting you have the hook there. If you compare it with somebody else, that's whatever. By the way, before we go on basketball. Um, do you think that, and I believe this, I just want to keep saying this every time, Kawhi is a top five player in the league this year. Yeah. Easily. And L.A. Clippers are my sleeper to win it all if they stay healthy. And I'm going to be so happy when I see that owner of the Clippers. What's he going to do, cartwheels? Don't forget the Clippers are the notoriously biggest choking franchise in the NBA. But they haven't had this lineup, this particular lineup, okay? That's we'll the lineup. See. That's in the, Hey, you know what I tell everybody? Here's my caveat to that. Oh, by the way, who made the NFC Conference Championship this year? Yeah, but they didn't go to the Super Bowl. But they made it to the Conference Championship. So what? They okay. made it to the Conference Championship before. Okay, but what I'm saying... We're talking about getting to the finals. They're going this year. And you know why I say that? Because those young teams... Like, I think it's Denver going back. No, I think they'll get Denver. They'll wear them down. I think they got enough guys with, no. uh, with um, uh, um, Westbrook coming off the bench and the other kid. I think they're solid. They're, they're going to be solid. We'll see. see. Okay. And speaking of, uh, that's a nice segue to go into. What happened last week? Cruz. 17 what? points at halftime. And then you guys decide to not run the ball. First get, of all, you get over aggressive on a play when you should have kicked it. And then the end of the first half on a play where you should have been aggressive, you guys decide to kick it. I think that was the turning point of the game right there. I think that's when the uh, 49ers are like, okay, these guys think we're fucking toast. That's when they smell blood. Okay, so let's just put it this way. I'm going to say this. Detroit Lions, first and foremost, you guys gave me the best season probably – uh, in my career of watching the Lions for 50-some years. Yep. So I'm going to give him that. I'm going to say, if you guys want to drag his dick in the dirt about the decisions that he made, fine and dandy. First of all, I want to know one mofo on the planet that would say, I'm going to go to FanDuel and bet that the Detroit Lions are going to be up 17 at halftime. I want to find one motherfucker that did that. One. So what? Okay, so anyways, we were there, Okay. When I was outside at halftime and all my friends were going, Cruzy, Cruzy, what do you think of that? I told them all, I'm cautiously optimistic. Okay. Say that louder. Cautiously optimistic. Okay. Now, in my opinion, you guys can say all you want, and I will agree we should have ran the ball more. I don't know A what happened more. there. I don't know what happened there. This game came down to four plays. If you want to include one of the times that he should have went up for the three scores with the field goal at that time, I'll give you the benefit on the doubt on that. But here's the real, let's talk about really what happened here, okay? That Jennings catch when he was scrambling and Purdy, Purdy threw that, what about that catch? That happens. How many catches did you see that all year? Maybe five? Okay, that's one. You know why DBs are not wide receivers? Because they can't catch. Did you see what happened to my boy? (laughs) Bounced off his face. 
And I, you got it. Now there was a flag there, so I don't know what that flag was. Nobody's ever saying, notice in that play, every time you, they keep showing that play, a flag was going in the air. Were they going to call pass interference anyway? Because he could have bumped them, but I think that, that would have been an egregious call because they were both going for the ball, and when he came back, I hit him. But the bottom line is it bounced off the, the mofo's face, and it went into Ayuk's hands. Like, that's just crazy. The other well, that's why the old school guys would tell you, like, don't try and intercept the ball. Just try and bat that down, swat it down. I don't know. Um, I'm going to go with Christopher Russo, and I'm going to say math doesn't win football games. Moments do. And we blew well, that moment. I, I, that's not an analytics thing. That's just, like, old school football. That's what these guys are taught. Well, I would have rather taken the interception, but that's the other play. Now, the other two that just drive me completely crazy is – our boy Gibbs has not been fumbling. We had no turnovers in the playoffs, and we get a turnover from a kid that's playing amazing at the wrong time. And the other one is Josh Reynolds hasn't dropped two passes all year, and he drops two at the most crucial times in the game, which is like maybe palms got sweaty, butts got tighter. I don't know. So when we want to talk about the game in context, football games always come down to moments. You know that it's always a series of plays that, go, that, that went on. I got to give it this much. No more Brock Purdy hate out there, no, people. No, That's one of the things I want to say. I mean, I'm disappointed that we, it was a tough loss. Let's come on. You guys all know what I'm about, the Detroit Lions. I'm going to say it was a tough loss. I'm not going to deny that. You know what I mean? It was rough. Okay. However, the only bright spot I can say out of it is, and we've been supporting Brock Purdy, you got to give him his flowers now. Yep. You know what I mean? That's two games in a row. They were, they were down deep. And they, they came up huge. And they came up huge, and they pulled it off. So um, kudos to San Francisco. You're the, you were the better team. You were the favorites going in. But, God, my beloved Detroit Lions, I just want to say this. Did you hear Dan Campbell at the press conference? I did. And everybody remember this in sports. I think the Lions are going to be back there, even though the uh, NFC, Next season? Uh, NFC North is going to be the, maybe the toughest, working to be the toughest division in football, by the way, or will be one of the toughest divisions in football. Sure. But um, you never know when you're going to get back. This is 32 years in the making. So you know what I mean? When you're at the door, you got to go in, and we choked off that opportunity, and it just kills me. You know what I mean? Yep. It killed me. Lions, only team that have been around every season of the Super Bowl era to not go to the Super Bowl. Cleveland. Nope. They were inactive for a few years. But they still not go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but they weren't around every season in the Super Bowl era. That's true, too. Okay, I'm just going to say this much. As a Detroit Lion fan, just say this. We have some of the most dubious records in the history of football. We just added another one. The first team that's winning by 17. In an Speak NFC. a little closer into the mic. Everybody um, should know. I hate to bring this up, but we're the first team that had a 17-point lead in a championship game and lost. And you know what's another stat which turns around? Did you see Shanahan's record when they've been losing like that? Before the, the Green Bay game and before the, mm -hmm. the Lions game. It was pretty bad, wasn't it? 30-something and oh, It was outrageous. Yeah. Like when you see the number, which lets everybody know again, don't always trust those numbers every day yeah. because every once in a while the coin flips and you got something else. So now, like, look what San Francisco's got. Not only the resilience going in, they broke two, two weeks in a row. They killed a streak that everybody pointed on that graphic on the TV all the time. And number two is... Brock Purdy is a, the greatest game manager in football today. Mm -hmm. How do you say that? No more shitting on the guy, man. It's like, been ridiculous. It's absolutely insane, the things that they're saying about the guy. And let's say another good thing where you give him credit for. 
Did you see those two scrambles he made? Oh, insane. That, insane. When he got that one third and nine and he went 14, oh, I'm not going to blame the defense because I don't really think they were ready for him to sneak out. But for him to, moxie, to have the moxie to do that, come on, people. Let's give Brock Purdy some props. And maybe he's going to be the guy that takes down Mahomes. Well, let's get to that next. So the other championship game, oh, boy, I think the Ravens just puked up a golden opportunity there. <laughs> Okay. They, I don't know what happened. They just changed up the game plan. Like, it looked like the Ravens and Lamar were just trying too hard. Like, they want to, like, it wasn't enough that they wanted to beat the Chiefs. It's like they want to, like, embarrass them on their home turf. Okay, so let's look at it this way. First of all, I'm going to give Baltimore credit um, in this respect. Um, Mahomes, Mahomes and Kelsey and the boys came out with purpose. But look at that. They did score 17 points. If you said to the Baltimore Ravens, we're going to hold the Kansas City Chiefs to 17 points, what do you think our chances are? You would have thought that would have been pretty good for the Ravens. So the Ravens' defense was... They showed up. This was the biggest choke job in Lamar Jackson's career. No doubt about it. Like, what's his thing? He can't win the big game. He can't yeah. win the big game. Blah, blah, blah. What was he doing running back there in the pocket? This wasn't soul train. No, but I would argue he was put in a position to fail by John Harbaugh. You're a run team going up against a, uh, a defense that's not that great against the run. Okay. Only eight designed run plays. Like, what are you doing, like, putting the ball in your quarterback's hands for that amount of plays? Because it makes he, no sense. Okay, I agree with that. I thought they should have run way more, being the, the physicality of that team and their O-line. Okay, I'll give you that. However, there was times when, during the season... Did you ever see Lamar sit in the pocket that long no. all season? No. So what was he doing? Was he trying to prove his detractors wrong? I'm going to sit in the pocket here and, and, and figure it out. And by the time he decided to run, the, the linebackers were coming they up. They were on to him, yeah. Yeah, like he couldn't do it. Like he, he had his opportunities to scoot, and he didn't take it. And he missed some big passes. He was terrible. And you know what it's going to be? This is a weird dichotomy in the NFL, how they talk about the history of the game and how things work. Lamar is taking a lot of nonsense since he was in Louisville all the way here, like you're a running back, not you're a running yeah, yeah. quarterback and all that stuff. Lamar's got a style about him. His mother helped him with his contract. He's got the crazy hair. He talks like he's talking to the boys smoking a joint out in the parking lot in between games. I don't think there's anything wrong with the, that type of behavior or that's his character. That's what makes yeah. Lamar Lamar. He takes a lot of criticism for that. Okay, like, can this type of quarterback win a Super Bowl? So guess what? It's on the back burner. It's not like Josh Allen, how he lost, or if Joe Burrow were to lose, or whatever. No, no, no. You know what I mean? There's a whole different take on Lamar, and I think that he had the opportunity to... That was in his head too much. I'm going to prove you guys wrong. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And what did he do? He proved them right. Or he got away from his skill set... Which gave them, like, come on, they only gave up 17 points. What is What was Baltimore freaking averaging for the season? And every team, they, they played nine, what is it, they beat nine or ten teams that either were in the playoffs or had winning records. No team in the NFL had that record. No. You know what I mean? They, they put a beating on San Francisco. They whipped my Lions. They killed Miami. You know what I mean? And then when you got the biggest chance that you possibly have to get over the hump, and what happens? Choke it away. In a big way. By the way, the Zay Flowers. I do not think they should have called that taunting call. 
But then he again, did all three things you're not they're told not to do though. That's go. the thing. It's the same thing like They had to call that. They had to call it. But I'm still saying Especially like the, the push. Like that's the dumbest part. Okay, so you gotta give him that and then he then he leaps into the end zone and drops it after that. So the Which guy, was totally unnecessary. Just if he would have just kept that at his chest, he would have scored still. Do you think the guys of football have said F you to him then for being so stupid <laughs> on the uh, taunting call? Because I think he did that to himself. Well, whatever the case may be, if he doesn't taunt them, they're inside the 10. They backed them up 15. Yep. You know what I mean? So that was, it made a huge difference, even though they made the play to go into the, to the game. But sure. You know what I mean? If and or but, that's all part, part of football. But you had your moments, and you guys let it slip away. I thought, like, I, I don't even know how. I would never, I would not have wanted to been in the dressing room, in the Baltimore Ravens dressing room after the game. I can't imagine the mood. The, you lose certain ways. Yeah. But the way they lost with those veterans, Shaq was the DJ. Got Ed Reed, Ray Lewis in the house. You got Justin Turner being an idiot yeah. with his football helmet. And what happens is it gets down to this. Patrick Mahomes, the greatest quarterback of all time? Maybe not yet, but I've not seen anybody in the 50-some years I've watched football that plays like Patrick Mahomes. Sure. You know what I mean? So what is the question here? Um, we're going to talk about this next week. But um, right now, San Francisco is the early line, right? Yeah, they're favored by two points right now. Is Andy Reid not just genius? Oh, he's arguably the greatest coach of all time. You're, you, we can put him up there, um, uh, which we're going to talk about in a second, about great coaches. But um, the thing that gets me is that uh, every time he's getting Brady-ish in this way, if you tell Brady he can't do something, that's the dumbest thing you can do. Okay? <laughs> it's starting to get that way with Mahomes. Yeah, you tell him yeah. you can't do something. Oh, he's never won on the road. He's never won in a hostile environment. Oh, just wait a second. He went to New York, Western New York. Have you ever heard of the Bills Mafia? <laughs> oh, did you ever see uh, the bank? That crowd at the bank? They say they don't know which was louder, the, the Ford Field or the bank. And they say maybe the bank would have been just loud because it's open. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they said, what if you put the roof on that place like they had the roof on a Ford Field? You might have had, like, sure. both, both fan bases were just freaking rabid, which is great. But Mahomes went in and did his thing. Big shout out to Travis Kelsey. I still would rather have Gronk. Let's just cut to the chase because he could block. I don't see Kelsey blocking. He blocks that. a little bit. Gronk knock people on their ass. Let's cut to the chase on that. However, in this situation, with his current status that he is living his way through, is phenomenal for him to have a game like that. Was 11 catches, 119 yards? And he set the record for most catches in, uh, in the playoffs. All Jerry time. Rice record, yep. by the way, which is absolutely insane. So kudos to the uh, Andy Reid, Mahomes, Kelsey and the Kansas City defense. And not Kadarius Tony. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I, I'm joking there, obviously, but uh, he was out of the game. People thought it was because he was injured. He was not injured. We don't like your hands. Keep them in your pocket. Okay, so it's going to be interesting because there's a lot of uh, the conspiracy theories around the NFL actually make me crack up now. Like what? Um, CBS was saying if the Kansas City Chiefs make it to the Super Bowl, that's about 700 zillion more fans that are going to tune into the game because of what? T-Swift? 
God bless her, okay? So let's just say this. I want to be on record of going here, okay? Um, the only thing I didn't like about the whole Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey situation is when they brought up the Chads and the Brads. That's the only part I didn't like. Oh, come on. Have a sense of humor. No, I can't have a sense of humor of that because I'm an old man, and I've been watching football for 50-some years, and it's guys like me that helped that. The game's changed since the 80s, bro. How it's presented, the ratings and all that stuff, so get it there. So I was back in the 80s. I was a diehard in the 70s. I was a diehard. Like, I'm a 50-some-year fan. Gary Danielson was the quarterback. Of okay, so you can't – so you could – like. The, but the point is, like, so what? Like, there's a, so they're showing some girl on TV. Like, who cares? Now, let me get to my point. Get to my point. So I'm just going to push the Chad Brad thing over there as if somebody had a bad day. I've stubbed my toes today. Once upon a time, Tom Brady, not on the same level, had a supermodel that came in, and we got a little bit of attention. I just want to say this. When I seen Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey at the end of the game, that's like Matt Stafford's wife coming out to hug him. Uh, you know what? That was a look genuine to me. Yeah. Didn't it look like to you? So my thing is this: she's she on her site. She's been screaming football. You know what I mean? So what I'm saying is that if she's brought a hundred girls that are going to love football for the rest of their life, it doesn't matter if she's at the game anymore. That's like any people that are in a relationship that are supporting each other. Let's look at it from that point of view. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not saying I'm backing off from like like the the too much overplay. I don't notice it anymore. What I'm saying is that's just part of the game now. Your girlfriend shows up. Jessica Simpson showed up for Tony Romo years yeah, exactly. ago. All that kind of stuff's going on. So I'm not worried about the overplay. And it's interesting because all bets are off on anything Taylor Swift. Yes, no more bets, no more Taylor Swift uh, props going into the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So I'm just going to shout out that I hope that Travis Kelsey and uh, Taylor Swift continue to have the very happy relationship. They seem to be enjoying it. And... Um, Travis Kelsey was on Pat McAfee this week, away from his safe confines of the Big Heights podcast or whatever. New Heights. New Heights podcast. And he admitted this. He said, I had to get up in the morning one day and look in the mirror and take a step back because I'm not used to the paparazzi following me to, 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 the, to, the, to, to practice. So kudos to him for entering a world that he did not even imagine six months ago. Sure. And still having the um, ill-contested fortitude, moxie, whatever you want to call it, to still play the best football of his life when needed. You know what I mean? Yep. And getting a big hug from his girlfriend of the game. I just want to do like they do on the McAfee show. <laughs> to the whole situation. Let's not overplay that. Let's talk about Brock Purdy and Patrick Mahomes and all the things that go with the game. Taylor Swift is just a nice side show so to yeah. speak so we're obviously going to do a full super bowl preview next show but uh early favorites chiefs or excuse me uh, 49ers favored by two points which way are you leaning um i haven't talked to my dog yet stanley when i go home and see stanley and i take him for a walk we're going to sit down he knows a lot about defenses and cover too and he's always saying fill the <laughs> b gap so i'm going to trust stanley we're going to talk about it but okay. um well yeah we're going to have a full thing about the super bowl all the facts informations we can bring but i think it would be remiss if we didn't bring up this arguably the greatest coach of all time in the nfl did not get a job well hold on i didn't get my early oh pick. sorry yeah. sorry you're gonna use it well I'm, all i'm going to say is i we all know who I picked 
day one to win the Super Bowl. San Francisco. We'll leave it at that. Okay, and who did I pick from day one to win the Super Bowl? Philly. No, I don't know. I picked Kansas City, <laughs> but I didn't to beat Philly. But I picked Kansas City to win, and you won San Francisco. So yep. one of us is buying each other beer in this situation. Because, Someone. Because I'm not going to – I'm not betting against Mahomes is basically what I'm saying. Yep. Anything else you want to bring in the NFL before I bring up where you know where yeah, I'm no, going, Yeah, we can get to coaches. Yeah. I'm very surprised. Like, what did uh, – I think that it was Belichick's age and what he presented to the teams when he got in there. Because how could you not hire yeah. Bill Belichick? Well, yeah, the, the I know what the Atlanta one is. Like, we alluded to this last yeah. week where, like, they would have had to, like, clean house basically, and then the owner was just like, no, 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 no. No, his advisors. We, either way. His crew said either that. way. And I agreed with that. Like, if he made that much of a demand, that you're affecting freaking uh, plethora of families. Yeah. Like, if there's certain things, like, you know, you come in and you're bringing in a defensive coordinator and you're moving this and you're moving that, but that wholesale, no, this is my show, this is my house, Jimmy. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's Arthur, what's his name's house, you know what I mean? But nobody's got a job. But um, Vrabel didn't get a job either. No. Well, he's another one that's a little difficult to work with, potentially. Well, what it is is that it's all about who's going to like control the field. Because like, if you look at the, what it seems to be is that a lot of teams in their hiring have got a guy that says, you're going to have football responsibilities, we take care of the rest. So the owners can say they have full command of their team and it's not just two other guys that telling the owners this is what we're going to do. Sure. We don't want Jerry Jones. No. But there's got to be a happy medium in between. So when we're speaking of coaches, this is why we're going to be able to run it back in the Motor City. Thank you, Ben Johnson. Thank you for Aaron Glenn. None of our coordinators are leaving town. Now, I'm going to just say that I believe this is what happened. Part of the reason, Ben Johnson, they said they were just waiting for the Lions, whatever to happen, and he was getting a coaching job. Why didn't he get a coaching job? Maybe it wasn't the right job. Word around the campfire was his price was a little bit like, what? You want what? The other rumor is the one that I'm going to go with. Sheila Ford, whatever her last name is, brought him into the room and said, when you go to go get coaching job, tell me how much money that they're going to pay you. Right. Because perhaps maybe I can top it off. We're Fords. That, that's, that, that's all hearsay, though. I'm just saying, when you say you hear this, and then you hear what the money he's making in Detroit, where there's smoke, there's fire. So I want to shout out to Sheila for keeping the boy in the house because he's a great coordinator. And you know what I'm thinking, though? I'm not sure if he's a head coaching type. Hmm. Maybe he is. I don't know. But he's a great coordinator, okay? Steve Steve Spagnola, he got his chance of being a head coach, and guess what happened? Didn't really work out for him. Is he not one of the best coordinators? Oh, sure. Marv Turner, or what's his name? Turner. What was his name? The, The offensive guy. Either way. Okay, he had his chance of being a head coach. Didn't work out. One of the greatest coordinators of all time. So I'm very happy that the Detroit Lions have decided to keep their freaking team together another year. And we bring in all the weapons back and we got draft choices. So um, we're going to be competitive next year. Uh, Some other big hirings. Mike McDonald, who was the defensive coordinator for Baltimore, will now be head coach in Seattle. Youngest head coach in the NFL now. Oh, really? Mina Kimes was very happy, wasn't she? She was very excited. That was her guy from the start. Exactly. And then uh, Dan Quinton getting hired 
by the Washington Commanders. A bit of a surprise there. I didn't see that one coming. Oh, I think uh, what happened there is what we were talking about, uh, the making sure that everybody has their, their uh, what do you call it, the relationship of command. Yeah. Because what ended up happening is, okay, this guy's going to take care of this, but he's new. But they wanted to make sure that they had a guy on the field that had veteran experience. Just like when they got the guy that, uh, what's his name, that just went to Seattle? They got an old school guy in the general manager's chair. Right. If you look at it. So either way, they're, they're developing a dichotomy where there's some kind of, um, uh, nobody gets all the power. Right, right. You know what I mean? However, the coach will set the culture. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Um, then one last thing for football. Was that Greg Olson's last game in the booth? That NSE championship game. This is one of the weirdest things going on in sports. Oh, by the way, did you see Brady on the McAfee show? This I haven't week? seen it yet. Oh, Brady's ready for the booth. <laughs> I mean, like, have you heard Brady, like, just the way that he's talking about the game and his respect for Greg Olson, his preparation for what he has to do, he took a year off because he said, I'm not good enough to just walk into the booth and think that I'm going to be best. Uh, that not really the case. But What do you think, then? Why did he take a year off? The money was yeah, I, on the table. Yeah, but wasn't it a contract thing? In which way? I thought, like, because he, like, but Fox wasn't set up, basically. Okay. Because they, they were already, like, ready to go with Olson as, like, their guy for that season so because yeah, he was no. kind of on the fence if he was still going to play or not that was my understanding is this Olsen's first year this is his second year yes okay so he was already there from last year that's they, what I'm saying like they're all already kind of like set up they thought they were going to ready to go with these guys again but they knew if like and, and Olsen's brought that up there was a possibility if Brady wanted into the booth this year he was going in mm -hmm. but Brady said no 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 I'm not ready I want to give Brady a lot a lot of kudos for the way that he talked about Greg Olsen was amazing. Now, here's the funny thing about this. Greg Olson needs another... Do you like Greg Olson? I love Greg Olson. I think... I, I don't even want to hear Tony Romo anymore. Okay? Like, you know what I mean? He could take his job at CBS for all I'm concerned. Yeah, but Romo's there is too many years. No, I know. Okay. The contract's huge. But look what happens to Greg Olson. You know what he's making? It's not that much. 10 mil. Oh, it is? Okay. He's That's making 10 mil. As soon as he's not on the number one team, you know what he's going to make? Oh, that, that's what I'm Okay, he was going to make like three or something, isn't He's going to yeah. make – that's a big drop. You know what I mean? If we're doing a job that you're doing that well and is considered one of the – like, I love Greg Olson. Fortunately for me, he did a lot of Lions games this year. Mm -hmm. It was a yep, time yep. that we caught Lions games. And I just – like, when I first – even last year when I heard him, the way that he talks about the game, like, he's talking like he's talking – like, he's educating us too. Right. He's not Nostra Romo. Who, by the way, I've heard is most, one of the most ill-prepared. He, he wings it too many times. Two seasons in a row now. And you see some of the mistakes he makes? Yeah. When he's talking about stuff like Romo, come on. What would he say? What did he say? You know what I mean? He says some stuff to, or calls up situations where he's completely wrong. Russo ripped him, on a, which is the best thing you ever want to see. What am I mad about? Check out Christopher Russo. What am I mad about? One of the best things on TV all week on a sports-wise. But he absolutely ripped Romo and gave three situations where people said things, where he said something on the air, and Russo put right on immediately, that is not what happened. This is what happened. What are you doing to the, the, the kids in America that are trying to learn the sport? You're telling them the wrong thing, which is a very valid point. Sure. 
You know what I mean? If you're 17, 18 years old and you're really, because, you know, when did you start getting the football? By the time you're 17, 18, you're a fan or you're not. Sure. You know, but those first three, four years you're learning, you don't know what cover two is. You don't know what the A gap is. You know, it's pass interference, subjective, all of that stuff. But then you got a guy coming on TV and telling you something that's blatantly wrong. Well, the kid's got the internet now to double check, so. Goddamn internet. I think it's going to be used as an educational tool. That's I why think I'm it using should it. be an educational tool, and you've learned me to take parts of the internet that I don't normally leave. leave. That's made me learn more things than I knew yesterday. You sure. know what I'm saying? In any event, anything else you want to say about football? Uh, that's about it. I guess we can move this uh, to our closing then. Yes, we so, are. One more time, God bless the Detroit Lions. Uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't bring up the death of one of my favorites, uh, actor Carl Weathers. Apollo Creed. Passed away on Thursday, February 1st. Obviously m- most well known for playing Apollo Creed in the Rocky series. Was Colonel Al Dillon in Predator. Oh, that was a great role. Uh, I love that re- role. Recently had uh, a recurring role as Grief Karga in The Mandalorian, which he was wonderful in. Yes, he was. He was great. I and, forgot about that. And one of my favorite roles was where he played himself on Arrested Development, where he's hired oh, as an yeah. acting coach, but is more concerned with teaching uh, his, his recipes oh, yeah, to, that, to his clients. That was which, very, very cool. And it's yeah. kind of weird because he just did that cool commercial with Gronk. Yeah, for the uh, Kick of Destiny or the whatever. The Kick of Destiny, you know what I mean? God bless him. Yeah, one of my favorite actors played in the CFL as well for the BC Lions for a season. Yeah, okay, that's true. God bless him. He was a good guy. How come we never brought up that the coach of Liverpool left? Oh, that's true, too. We'll talk about that next yeah. week. <laughs> Anyways, this is the part of the show that we get. I get to, to not rant. I just thought that we, as we do call it, the gospel according to Cruz. Um, we just had the All-Star Game in Toronto, and on Sunday we're going to have the Pro Bowl going on in the NFL. Oh, who cares? That is my point exactly. What has gone on now is, like, when I was a kid, these games were way more hyped, but now they're just afterthoughts because they say, what about the quality of the games? Are the people really trying? What are the gimmicks they're going to use to get their attention? And the players don't want to get hurt, okay? Those are all very significant points. However, I want to point something out to everybody before we start bashing all-star games. When we come to watch the games at the highest level of competition, what do we like to see? The players that are pushing the game to that level. Don't you think that there should be an opportunity for the players to celebrate the fact that they've reached a crescendo in their career, which is displayed when you get uh, picked to be an all-star game, all-star player? Sure. Don't you agree? So I think that all this flack about... um, yeah, there's been bad mistakes with come, throwing water balloons at the freaking football game and some of the silly stuff they did at the um, All-Star game last year in the NHL. Oh, well, the NHL, it's been bad, like with the slam dunk shootout thing. Yeah. That, that, that was awful. Okay, so we do make mistakes, but and it will improve. But my point is this. I don't think they should ever... Okay, a few years ago when I seen one of those NFL Pro Bowl games, which I never... I mean, I don't really watch. Yeah. Because I'm going, ah, yeah, whatever. But that's not for me to decide. I think it should be... Remember, everybody that loves sports and your favorite players, the NBA is just coming up. The argument was Brunson should have been a starter over Lillard and all that case may be. Just remember, it's a celebration of the greatest athletes performing at the highest level, entertaining you. And I think that there should be an opportunity, even if it's just for them to get together and talk to your peers and say, listen, we got here. Like they used to say, 
For years, Ray Lewis had his table at the game, and Peyton Manning had his table at the game, but the camaraderie and the celebration of the sport cannot be, um, we cannot bring that down. Let's not take away from that. Are some of the performances, eh? <laughs> some of the things they do, meh? But let's put it in the back of our mind, people. These guys are the superstars, the all-stars. They are the reason you turn on your television to watch a goddamn game. So for the rest of my life, I hope there is all-star games so that those players can be amongst their peers to celebrate the fact that they've had an achievement that billions of the people on this planet will never, ever experience. You know what I'm saying? And that's the gospel according to Cruz. Thank you very much. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, not really. Okay. I'm ready to head home. I didn't realize the All-Star Game's at 3 o'clock, so... Oh, I'm going to rush home and watch it yeah. now. I can't be a hypocrite. You know what I'm saying? In any event, i got to say one more time. Thank all the, all the people out there that were not Detroit Lions fans, but know what a fan I am, disciple I am of the team, for all the support, for all the shout-outs, for all the... I hope you didn't jump off the bridge. No, I didn't. You know what? I didn't kick my dog. I didn't do anything bad, okay? Okay. Drank some scotch. You got to do something to wash the pain away. I, I drank some scotch, okay? I didn't get to bed early that night, yeah. okay? You know what I'm saying? But otherwise, um, and once again, it would be remiss if we didn't shout out for the continual people that are coming to the house that happens. Yeah, give us a shout out. Send me an email. Give us a like. Follow us on all social media. Please do, like, if you guys are talking to me in the bar, none of you guys know my good partner and producer here, Andrew Milani. I just want to say, bro, they say good things about you. I appreciate if it. They say good things. I want them to say it to you, not me. That's okay. Right. One day. Else? That's it. I'm going to head home, get get this edited, and then uh, watch the game. Uh, I think I'm going to roll one up, walk <laughs> my dog, and bet on college basketball. Oh, okay. It sounds good. All righty. Okay. Any event, thanks for listening, and we're just going to let you know one more time. My name is Cruz. And I'm Andrew Mullaney. And what do we do? We keep, we keep the, the vibe, vibe alive. You can find The House That Happens on Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Samsung, Podchaser, Boomplay, YouTube, and SoundCloud. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at The House That Happens, and follow us on Twitter at House Happens. You can also shoot us an email at thehousethathappens at gmail.com.